Hello and welcome to 60MW. I'm Chris and I'm joined on this spooky, spooky, spooky occasion. It is the Mr. Lovely. I don't know what I'm saying. It's Mr. Adam's Boogie Barry. Evening. Are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes. I've, I've, I've just got to refill my lungs a bit with air. I may have expelled a bit too much then. So if I die while we're doing this, it's fine. It's Halloween-ish. Yes, it will. On the day that this show is released, fingers crossed, um, and, you know, we're not sort of overtaken by gremlins or, you know, things to fuck things up, basically, uh, then, yes, this show will be released on the 31st of October, which I believe is a Saturday. Yes, it is. So hopefully, if you've downloaded this on that particular day, well done you. Uh, but if not, you can listen to this any point in time. It makes no odds, really. But, you know, it's be nice, I guess, if people listen to it on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, yeah, point it out. If you are listening to this and it's no longer Halloween, you missed your chance. Yes, you loser. <laughs> uh, Tossers. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, or happy Christmas, happy Easter. Uh, you, you, you know, you're listening to a Halloween-themed show. Well done. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's fine. Uh you can listen to it anytime you want. And that's the beauty of these shows. Um, but because we're doing these shows fairly regularly at the moment, I thought it'd be a good mm. idea to actually do a Halloween show and release it on Halloween. Because last year we missed our window a little bit by about two months, I think. Um, but did, did we miss our window? I can't remember why we didn't do it. Um, I just know that the film that you picked... Uh, was Return of the Living Dead, which was actually released yeah. on the 13th of December. <laughs> so I'm sh- I'm sure that that's that's a problem within 60MW Towers. That was nothing to do with us. I'm sure we were on time. Quite possibly. I don't know, but uh, either way, that that was the Halloween uh, show that we did last year. Uh, I mean, it was released on the 13th, so. I guess, you know, unlucky for some. Yeah, and also just halfway through the advent calendar. So, you know, less chocolate left than there was that you've eaten. Yeah, a tenuous link, I guess, there. But but anyway, um, so I guess we, we are a year on, or, or pretty much, you know. Um, yeah. And that was the film, as I said, Return of the Living Dead, that we talked about last year for our Halloween special. Um so, oh, actually, now I'm reading the show notes. It says here, originally planned to be released on Halloween 2019. This episode still gets a spooky release date of Friday the 13th. Ooh. Ah. So it wasn't our fault. That's the important thing. Well, yes, there you are. And um, so and I, I hadn't seen Return of the Living Dead and I seem to remember no. liking it quite a lot. And I think you enjoyed it as well, looking back at it. Yeah. No, yes, very good. Yes. Very good. And 
I suppose what I should, should explain um, why what we're doing. Uh, but this is a spotlight reflection show, and it is, gives us an opportunity to go back to the films that we watched when we were kids and we haven't seen for years, uh, and to rewatch them and decide whether or not they still stand up or if they are crap. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. In a nutshell, the shell of a nut, a hazelnut, squirrels. <laughs> Zombie squirrels? Ooh, there's a thing. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. It must be a film. It must be a film about killer squirrels. It's, it's got to be. Um, so, no, this isn't the... Uh, that's not the, the only ha- uh, Halloween stroke horror type film that we have watched because we watched Creep Show in April... Um, we did this year uh so that's available and that is an anthology of film you know little movies if you like you know sort of short films or whatever all wrapped around and i think that kind of prompted the the film that we're going to talk about now because I, I had it once we did creep show i had it in the back of my mind to think oh we'll uh, we'll watch this film that we're going to talk about at some point in the future because i mentioned it during creep show and you hadn't indeed you did and you hadn't seen it so hence why we are here and uh I, well I'll, I'll just put people out there in misery uh we are here to talk about um body bags from 1993 uh directed by john carpenter no no less and also uh toby hooper and uh you know from well we'll talk about john cooper uh, john cooper fuck me <laughs> <laughs> there's something there i'm you know i'm not i'm i got completely balls it up but uh, john i got that right uh his surname starts with a c and then i've got toby hooper and so you know i sp- I conflated the two together and ended up with john cooper um yeah. you know just made up a director there you go so it's toby isn't it i think it's toby because i always used to think it was tobe tobe yes toblerone because well, wardrobe. It's a wardrobe. It's not a wardrobe. Well, yes, that's right. But I, I, I'm ninety nine percent certain it is Toby Hooper. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. I just think he's a bit, you know, just because you made Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't mean you can spell your name in a weird way. Yes, and Poltergeist. Don't, well, well, did Steven Spielberg do that? Or but anyway, uh, we won't get into that. Um, uh. But uh, anyway, yes. Or will we one day? Ooh. Well, maybe next year. You never know when we, we do another Halloween stroke. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we'll have our Easter horror film and our and our Halloween horror film. There you go. Um, so we'll talk about to- John Carpenter. I nearly did it again. <laughs> Tom Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Karen Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about uh, him shortly, I think, because, uh, you know, it's worth talking about. But yeah, it was... You know, um, just I suppose explain why I wanted to talk about this a bit because, as I said, we mentioned it um, when we did Creep Show. We were talking about anthology horror films because there are lots of them, and I like them. You know, it's uh, there's something about them. I think that uh, you, you know, if you if you don't like one, perhaps, or if you're not that keen on one, there's generally something that you quite like. And I think oh, <clears throat> overall, Creep Show. We felt that there was some decent stuff in there, but then we also felt that there was a bit of shit as well, didn't we? Yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's some yeah, good bits, bad bits, nice points for the whole thing looking like a comic half the time. Yeah, some nice presentation there and some nice moments. Yeah, 
definitely. Um, so, but there's a there's a few. I mean, Cat's Eyes. I don't think you've seen that, have you? Um, no. And that's Stephen King. And again, you know, uh, uh, an anthology. And I was thinking about that uh, the other day because. I follow James Woods on Twitter uh, and, uh, you know, he, he actually posted something about cat's eyes. And uh, is it cat's eyes or cat's eye? Either way, whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, not Jap's eye, I should point say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, and yeah, I think that's a, a great one as well. Um, so, but it's been a while since I've watched Body Bags. And the first time I watched it was, came in from a drunken night out and I think I'd had a, bit to drink uh came in one night i'd got a kebab in in one hand and just f- turn the tv on as you do um yeah. and uh, it was on channel four and i thought oh john carpenter i like john carpenter let's see what this is all about and i really enjoyed it you know i have memories of, of really enjoying it i've probably watched it a few times since then but i would say not for at least a good 10 years um so it has been a while since i've watched it and so I was curious to see whether or not it would stand up. Because it's got all the ingredients, I think, that you would think it would be good for yeah. a, a horror, uh, you know, anthology. I mean, first of all, it's got John Carpenter as one of the, yeah. you know, the director of two of the sections. Um, and Toby Hooper, you know. Uh, so there you go. It's got... In terms of its cast and crew and, you know, people that are involved in it, if you look down it, 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 it's, you know, I suppose a a horror aficionado. There you go. That's a word, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost almost like John Carpenter was just looking through because he wouldn't have had a, he might have had, no, he wouldn't have had a mobile back then, probably. He might have done. He was looking through his philo facts and just looking through contacts I've got in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Or my director buddies, my hor- John Carpenter. Yeah, my horror mates. Uh, yeah. um, and you know, it's it's that the, you know pe- these names will be well known to people who are fans of horror films. Well, Wes Craven, Sam Raimi, uh, David Norton from American Werewolf in London. Uh, you know, to name a few. David Warner. Uh, you know, uh, and then you you. Greg Nicotero, um, a great special effects um, artist. Um, and then some of the, you know, Roger Corman, uh, again, a, a uh, I suppose, legendary producer of schlock, you know, B-movies. Um, and then some of the people that are starring in it, you, you've got Debbie Harry, um, which is a bit of an odd choice. Um, but again, she's been in, she was, she was in Videodrome, I think, wasn't she? And... Uh, Have you got Debbie Harry? Debbie Harry, yes. Uh, did you not recognise Debbie Harry? <laughs> oh, God, yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, um, and uh, Mark Hamill. Um, yeah. Twiggy. The Possibly the most disturbing thing in this film, Mark Hamill, but we'll get there. Mark Hamill's arse. Um, <laughs> Twiggy, uh, yep. you know, is a famous model, I guess, you know, and also actress. Uh, uh, did I mention Sheena Easton? You didn't, but you have now. Sheena Easton. Um, my baby takes the morning train. Or for your eyes only. For Anyway, that's my Sheena Easton. Ter- terrible. Sorry. See, I'm, I'm really annoyed. I missed the opportunity to say I know Wes Craven most from um, Wes Craven's Newsround. 
<laughs> Very good. Uh, Stacy Keach, who worked with Carpenter on Escape from L.A. <laughs> um, George Bookflower, who's a, I suppose, been in lots of movies, a bit of a weirdo. They Live, being one of them, w- yeah. worked with Carpenter on lots of different films. Peter so Stacy Keach has been in a lot, hasn't he? Has he been in another film we've done? Uh, Stacy Keach has he? Because I don't know. It's either something we've done, or I've seen him in something else again recently. He's, he's not hard to miss because of his his lip thing. Class of nineteen ninety nine. There you go. He was. Yeah. yeah. Well done. He was the ponytailed, um, sort of sort of budget Rutger Hauer. Yeah, tech guru. You know, creator yeah. of the um, android robot killers. Yeah. Uh, we've got a theme. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who else? I've mentioned that there's some of the others. Um, Robert Carradine, Peter Jason, another sort of, I suppose, uh, regular of Carpenter movies. Um, loads and loads of cameos, loads of yeah. recognisable people, um, which I think lends to its, um, you know, to its horror credentials, should we say. So that's what I'm saying. It's got all of the ingredients to be great, but... The big question is, and we will answer it towards the end, I guess, is it? Um, because mm. this is a, a first pick, or first watch, I should say, for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'd never heard of it. My my ana, antholog, antholog, anthological, my anthological knowledge <clears throat> went as far as, oh, God, I've got your, I've got your tickly cough now. Don't worry, <laughs> nothing serious. One second. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, that may or may not have worked. Um where was I? Oh, yeah, Creep Show and Creep Show Two. That was it. Uh, in filmic form, uh, mm-hmm. I'd read a, read a few more in the written form, but uh, as for watching with my visual eyes, yeah, limited. I'd never heard of this until you mentioned it. Ah, well, there you go. So, um, yeah, um, just having a, a quick look on IMDb. Uh, this has got a six point two out of ten rating, um, based on eight thousand five hundred and thirty three. Um, ratings, shall we say? Now, the running time... Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll just fucking carry on. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for me to trip up, aren't you? Uh, I'm just having a moment. Uh, and then, it, so the running time, it's, according to this, is one hour and 31 minutes. But I watched this on YouTube, and yeah. I think I clocked... One hour 42 or something, isn't it, on YouTube? No, see, I clocked it at one hour 27 Really? Yeah. Oh, mine was showing as one hour. No, sorry, mine was showing as one hour forty. Weird. Oh wow! Really? Okay. Ooh. I wonder if I got the the director's cut. Oh, how how exciting! Um, so th- this, I think, from what I've read about it, was um, I think it was Showtime because this is showing up as a TV movie. Yeah, I, I did have a I did have a, a brief look on Wikipedia, and apparently they were going to pick it up as a series, weren't they? In in the same lines as like Tales from the Crypt, but then they yes. didn't, so they got the three segments that they'd made together into film. Yeah, and um, have you ever watched much of Tales from the Crypt? No, to be honest, I'm, I'm aware of it mainly through Creepshow. Uh, obviously, that that took that as its biggest influence. I know they've they've just done a new series in the last few years, haven't they? I think mm, I've not on. watched the new ones. No, me neither. No, it, it's it's one of those. That I, I mean, I think it was more of a an American thing, but whenever I've caught it, I quite like it because you know it's introduced by the crypt keeper, who's a puppet. Yeah. 
you know, sort of, uh, and uh, I think, uh, I don't know if it's got a Danny Elfman score, but it's that kind of, you know, he, the, the way that it goes into the uh, the the creepy house stroke mansion, and then you've got, he's got, <laughs> tales. <laughs> Not a bad impression. Yes, tales from the crypt kind of thing uh and then he introduces the segment so you know um i quite like it for from that point of view and they, they did do i think a couple of movies the one called demon knight um which has got william sadler and um jada pinkett smith is it um okay yeah and um billy zane who plays a bad guy uh and, and again that's quite fun not been it's been a few years since i've watched that but then they did another one i think it's called bordello of blood and i've not watched that but that I don't think was as well received but uh anyway i'm going off topic a little bit but you you, you can kind of see um and we'll talk about john carpenter a bit more in the film in a little bit where that comparison comes from i guess you know yes. between him and the crypt keeper uh mm-hmm. introducing the segments um, and uh, without giving anything away, I suppose, or without you know giving away your verdict overall, but would you have liked to have seen a a bit more, you know, of him doing something like this, uh, or is that something that we we'll perhaps talk about at the end? Well, we could talk about it at the end, but I, I, yeah, I, I do, I do like the idea of an anthology. Yes. Anyway, and I, I, yeah, I like, I like all the uh, wraparound stuff generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. I mean, so let's talk about John Carpenter a little bit then. Um, you know, it's one of those, he's made some of my favorite films of all time. It's, you know, fair to say, um, uh, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching body bags and I think we kind of compared him a little bit to Mel Brooks in as much as a lot of the earlier stuff. And this has been said time and time again, so I don't want to dwell on it particularly. But, you know, if you look at the early part of his career, after his initial, you know, feature film, Dark Star, um, which I haven't seen, I have to say, but um, Dave talked about it a bit um, during the last entertainment show. And, you know, it was a... An, an early feature, very, very low budget from what I understand, you know, and it was padded out to make it more of a feature film. You know, I think it started off as a, you know, a university or college pro- yeah. project. Uh, have you seen it? I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah. I just know, know it's got like a, a alien ball or something. They they painted a ball to make it look like an alien or, or some <laughs> weird shit. But then you go from there, you got Assault on Precinct 13, um, Halloween... Um, Elvis TV movie with Kurt Russell, uh, which you know I think then started that, um, you know, lifetime kind of career, if you like, working together. Um, yeah. The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, um, Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which I've never seen, but that's Chevy. I've never seen that. Chevy Chase, isn't it? And then Body Bags, In the Mouth of Madness, uh, which is a great film with Sam Neill. Uh, don't know if, have you seen that one? I've not seen that either, no. Yeah, that's a good horror film. Um, Village of the Damned, which was a remake. Um, Escape from L.A. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he did John Carpenter's Vampires, um, mm. Ghosts of Mars, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Masters of Horror and The, the Ward. And then, you know, uh, that was... His last feature film was Ghosts of Mars 2001, uh, yeah. Oh no, tell a lie. He did the ward in t- in two thousand and ten. Oh, yeah, uh, but I've not seen that. I have to say. No. So, but uh, you know, it's uh, 
I think it's it's a shame. I mean, it's such early hits, you know, and I think pretty much everything he did, to, everything he touched turned to gold. Um, and then the the sort of mid eighties. I mean, particularly Big Trouble in Little China, which I have to say yeah. is one of my favourite films of all time. I l- yeah, no, love it. I, it's amazing. You know, I, I love everything about that film. I think it's got everything in it that I watched when I was a kid, and I just fell in love with it. And I still think it's great. I think it's one of um, Kurt Russell's best performances. He's awesome in that. It's got action. It's got kung fu it's got magic it's got weird shit monsters in it um <laughs> it's got a fucking eyeball monster with eyeballs all over its body and yeah. uh, you know an eyeball tongue that which it licks itself with did i say that wrong tongue tongue whatever tongue, tongue. Uh, <coughs> mouth sausage yes uh it's got the three um uh, storms you know which are awesome you know it's a, it's a brilliant brilliant film but it came out at a time i think it was you know uh put forward as a summer blockbuster and it just didn't work um yeah. and it's only through Which is weird yeah it really is and it's only through vhs that i suppose it's found an audience and i just i love that film now i can't confess that i've seen all of john carpenter's movies i have to say like prince of darkness i've not seen i've, I've not seen starman um i've seen christine once but that was a long time ago um Again, The Thing, one of my favourite films of all time. Amazing horror film, you know. Really, really good. Psychological horror film. Escape from New York, incredible. Love that. Um, Halloween, you know. Classic. Brilliant. Um, uh, you know, so... And, and then, you know, it, I suppose, like I said, in the, the early 90s... I mean, They Live, again, another classic. Yeah. Um, but then his output sort of like in the 90s you can argue wasn't particularly great um yeah it's sort of on a slow downward spiral isn't it yeah and I mean, you look at ghosts of mars and you think how did the person who did the thing and halloween do the ghosts of mars yeah it just felt a little bit tired at that point and yeah. i mean even i want to like or you know when vampires came out i really wanted to like it and i think there's bits in it that which are okay um like again james woods mentioned him but it's just not very good if i'm honest and i remember seeing escape from la at the cinema um and i watched that earlier on this year and i've got a weird thing about escape from la because it's utter bollocks i mean there's no question about that it really is a bad film but then i I, you know i sort of got to question myself well why am i watching it why do i watch it periodically you know i know it's bad um and i know it's crap is it the you know wanting to watch snake pliskin again uh but then I do a similar thing with Santa Claus the movie. Apart from there's not even a Snake Plissken in it. There's a Dudley Moore. <laughs> See, my wife loves that film. I don't. And if- I, I can't stand it, but I'll generally watch it pretty much every year around about Christmas, and it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've watched it since I met my wife, and like, because she she really likes it, and um, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's great at all <laughs> but no, it's, it's bollocks and there, there are films i guess that people like that are so bad that they you know they enjoy them for i suppose you know um because the it, happening that's one for me it's terrible but i love it oh is that the one with uh shamalan of a ding dong yes. ding dong 
Yeah, uh, Mark it's Wahlberg. Hilarious. Yeah, I've never watched that. That's the one. With, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 just a weird thing that I will watch it. I mean, like, what's her name? Fucking um, oh god, going back to class of nineteen ninety nine. She was one of the robots. Pam Greer. She's in yeah. in uh, that, and she plays a transsexual person mm. with a uh, who's had a sex change. With a really weird deep voice, <laughs> you, you find transsexuals quite a lot of them have had a sex change. Well, you know, state in the obvious, I guess. <laughs> but it's just there's some weird shit in there, you know. And him and Peter Fonda um, surfing to shite CGI. And the thing is, I think what what hurts the film more than anything is the crap CGI. I think yeah, because curse of the nineties, that though, isn't it? It is. There's some of it that looks like a PS2 game you know what i mean it's really really bad so if if you took that out then is it as is it really as terrible as it it's you know it actually is i don't know um probably but you know i think i was reading it up a bit about that when i watched it recently and john carpenter actually really defends it now i don't know if he's trolling but he defends it he says it's actually better than the first film and i'm like "Mm, don't know (laughs) That, well, it's, it's, it's Ghostbusters two syndrome. It's like the same the same ingredients. You just put it in the oven for the wrong amount of time, and it comes out shit. Yeah, but um, but anyway, so there you go. I mean, again, have you got any favourites other than the ones I've mentioned or anything like that? Uh, well, it's the standard ones, really. Things Halloween thing, Escape from uh, New York, uh, Big Trouble Little China. They live pretty much, but that's you know, there's more quality there than many a director. Yeah, definitely. That's a, a really, you know, cracking volume of, of films. Uh, there's a good there's a good day's worth of film watching there where you can you could go to bed thinking, I've had a good day. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, there you go. Have you got a synopsis? Is there one? Uh there there is. It's amazingly short. Uh here we go. Sit down. Uh it's also yeah, quite detailed. <coughs> right. Three short stories in the horror genre. The first about a serial killer, the second about a hair transplant gone wrong, and the third about a baseball player. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh the third one about a baseball player sounds particularly scary. Yeah. Ooh. It's because they couldn't use they couldn't use transplant in two of them. Well, actually, yes, that's a good point. Yes. Um, <laughs> the second about a transplant gone wrong, and the third about a transplant that's gone not right. <laughs> oh, um, so there is a Metacritic as well for this. There is, believe it or yeah. not, um, with some really odd short things on it. Yeah. So, what should we take a look at them? So, I mean, overall, it's got a fifty-four Metacritic score out of thirteen critic reviews. Um, hmm. Go on, you take one of the top ones. Well. I don't want to take the top one because someone's given it a hundred. Well, yeah. So they're saying it's perfect, basically. Yeah. Lisa Schwartzbaum Mm. uh, from Entertainment Magazine or Weekly or something. I don't know. But yeah, she gave it 100 out of 100. The perfect score. Well, there you go. she, uh, She said, gruesome stuff. And yet body bags moves along with such jaunty, good, bad taste that it's hard not to smile. Ah, there you are. Which is a really simple wrap-up for something you are saying is perfect. Yeah, she must really love it. Um, mm. 
So, I'll take one of the middling ones. Where shall we go? Um, Hollywood Reporter. Rick Sherwood. Uh, if you like gruesome stuff and familiar faces in unfamiliar roles, you might be entertained by body bags. If you're a fan of these Frightmeister masters, try saying that quickly, uh, <laughs> you might enjoy the wit and style. But I'm not sure many others will given the production's graphic nature, one may be... What? Oh, sorry. But I'm not sure many others will, given the production's graphic nature. Full stop. Um, one may be, but a trilogy is just too much. Oh, okay. Well, what, a, what a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not that gruesome. It's too bloody. No, that, that, I read that. I was like, have I, have I watched a, a different cut? But there you go. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, then we've got the old bands. We've got uh, the Chicago Sun-Times, who have simply put, the three films of body bags were horrid, but they weren't horrifying. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, right then, so I guess we've set it up nicely. Um, so before we get into the film, shall we watch one of the trailers? Yeah. Here we go. Okay, here's the trailer. Two. Masters of Horror. John Carpenter, director of Halloween, The Fog, Christine, and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And Toby Hooper, director of Poltergeist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Together, they bring you a frightening new tale of horror. Oh, here we are. Body bag. Where the hell does that come from? Nightmares of monstrous evil. You see? I have his eye, you know. John Carpenter takes you on a terrifying journey. I have to finish taking your grave. Into the darkness of the human soul. What's happening to me? Nighty-night. Robert Carradine, Mark Hamill, Deborah Harry, Stacy Keach, David Norton, David Warner, Twiggy, Sheena Easton, featuring cameos by top horror film directors, Wes Craven of Nightmare on Elm Street, Sam Raimi of Evil Dead, Roger Corman of The Little Shop of Horrors, John Carpenter, and Toby Hooper. Body Bags. So there you go. That was the trailer for Body Bags. Now, um, I watched these earlier on. There's a couple I watched. <clears throat> and uh, uh, similar to each other, I guess. One of the things that I, I, they kind of focused he quite heavily on was the horror aspect of it. Um, yeah. You know, there's there, there is some comedic stuff in here. Uh, you know, particularly Carpenter, which we'll talk about. Uh, but it's uh, they do tend to focus on that he's a, like a, an out and out horror, don't they? Yeah, they make it seem a lot gorier and disturbing than I think the end product is. Yeah, I think. Um, so that that's that was interesting to me. And again, I, I, like I said, I didn't know it was a TV movie, which you know, uh, I, I certainly don't remember it having a theatrical release. So, 
you know. Uh, but there you are. Anyway, um, right. So yeah. I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer first uh, because again, it gives away a lot. It does give away quite a bit. Yeah, I, I yeah. Thought, thought that as well, particularly with um, Mark Hamill's story. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know absolutely. because you know uh, it's better to not know, I guess, what what's going on with that. But saying that, we're just going to spoil the fuck out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I suppose we should say, you know, we haven't done it up until now, but then we're talking about old fucking films. Uh, So, you know, if you haven't seen it and if you'd like to watch it, then go ahead and watch it, you know, before we we talk about it. Um, Well, I'd like to think think the fact we're going to spoil it isn't going to surprise anyone since we've said what the thing is, is watching and describing films we haven't seen for ages and then deciding if they're any good. If someone got to this point and thought, I hope they're not going to spoil it. Oh dear. Now, uh, I'm going to let you down and I'm sure you're going to be very disappointed with me. Um, I actually watch this with a laptop on my lap, which is usually where it goes, as opposed to on your head. You typed your notes. I did, I did. I typed my notes. And again, though, I'm, I'm the shitty version of WordPad I've got because I can't be asked to buy fucking Word. Oh. You didn't type it in wingdings, did you? It 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 doesn't show a word count. So um, whilst you're telling me how many pages of notes you've written, uh, it's kind of irrelevant now. You've ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry I didn't write the notes. Oh, I'm sorry I stabbed you in the face. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry I stole everything you love. I, I won't do it again. I'm, I, it was just. It, <laughs> I am genuinely sorry. It was one of those where I thought, oh, I've got the laptop ready. I'm just going to type it up. But, I hope, well, it's not the same. I know that. But if I tell you how many words, uh, you know, I've typed, then maybe... That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Give us 25 minutes and I'll count how many words I've, I've done so we can have a proper... Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on then. So, Go on, anyway. Mr. Wordy, how many have you uh, written? 2,248. Get the fuck out of here. That's longer than the script. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done nine A four pages, but I have noticed um, the average line width of writing is probably significantly lower. Um, I think it's because to be, uh, you know, I'll come clean. I, I've only finished watching this just before we started recording, so I, I think my notes are a bit more feverish yet small. Ooh, so it is, makes any it's sense. very, very fresh in your memory yeah. then. How okay, if you're typing up. For Christmas, I'm going to type all my notes up and send them to you. Ah, <laughs> well, that's how, that's to say if you can understand what they actually read. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it give me something to do, would it? Uh, yes. Well, I'm sure it will. Yes. Um, right. Well, um, I was going to make a comment then, saying, "Well, you'll probably have loads of time on your hands because we'll all be in fucking lockdown." Um, so, but still, never mind. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll redact that comment. <laughs> uh, okay, so the intro, which I quite liked and I couldn't remember, is um, it's a piss take of like the MGM lion, I think, isn't it? You've got yeah. John Carpenter who's standing, you know, in a logo shaped thing and he's revving a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say That's a bit more. Well, well, no, you've described it fairly well. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I know, quite amusing. 
Yes, I quite like that. Um, and then you sort of, you know, introduced uh, to a morgue, aren't you? You know, you, you're going through yeah. this morgue, cameras flying around a bit. Uh, music starts up, which I was trying to think. Think I don't know what genre I'd call the music because one thing I've got I've got through is there is music constantly through this film. I don't think there's a single moment hardly where there's not music in the background. Yeah, and the second film in particular has got its very distinctive kind of jazz style, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Reminds me very much of Twin Peaks. Yeah, which, oh, oh, well, confession time. I haven't, I've never watched Twin Peaks, so uh, I can't comment. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Well, very much like Deadly Premonition. Ah, well, there you go. Deadly Premonition, the game, yes. Well, I have heard that it, it described as as that. So yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, so, you know, you're in the morgue and then it, it starts off relatively creepy, I guess. But then yeah. John Carpenter pops up, doesn't he? Ah, good evening. I was just taking a little break. It's been a busy night. Lots of new arrivals. I call them the arriving departed. Well, back to work. Ah, what the hell. One more for the road. Just a dash. Adds a little spine. Long life. Oh, better. Ah, the doctor will see you now. Mm. Ugly. Man, are you ugly. We all know it isn't what a person looks like. It's what's inside that counts. Mm. Ah. Death by natural causes. Natural causes. Natural causes. More natural causes. I hate natural causes. Give me a big old stab wound to poke around in, then I'm happy. Ah, here we are. Body bags. See, if it's murder or suicide or a nasty accident, they put them in these bags. This one was found on a stretch of lonely highway, miles from the nearest town on a pitch black night. Yes, looking like a corpse. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't don't even know how much makeup was used because he, he was always. I just looked at his Wikipedia and I was surprised he's only 72. I genuinely thought he was about 96. Well, he looks. I think he looks a lot different. If you look at the pictures of him when he's younger com- compared to what he looks like, you know, even, I suppose, in the, you know, the 90s and a bit. He, he has aged a lot. And mm. then he smoked. I don't know if he does now, but he's like I've listened to um, commentaries with him, you know, and I've watched videos, and he's always got a cigarette in his hand, or he's always lighting up, uh, you know. So he smokes a hell of a lot of cigarettes, like I said, or yeah. he, he did. So that's probably contributed to uh, to him, uh, and you know, I suppose his appearance. But um, I suppose th- how he looks in that is kind of how he looks now. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of looks like that that bit in the, the Last Crusade where the German fella drinks from the wrong cup and he kind of shrivels and his hair gets long and then he dies. Just before he collapses in a, in a load of bones and gristle, that's what John Carpenter looks like. Yeah, um, I think from what I read, he, he spent about three hours having makeup applied to him and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so probably shouldn't have bothered, really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then... <clears throat> This is kind of what I was saying earlier on about the Crypt Keeper stuff because, you know, he's making loads of jokes and cracks about stuff, isn't he? Uh, yeah. 
drinking formaldehyde. Um, yeah, he's he, cutting up. What was he eating? Well, see, it, I thought it was like meat of some description. I thought, like, it, I thought it was like cold lasagna. Oh, okay. See, I thought it was like, <laughs> you know, steak meat or something. Hmm? Um, not entirely sure. But um, yeah, and he's just cutting into dead bodies and digging around the corpses isn't he and and moaning yeah. about natural causes uh deaths yeah calling them ugly uh you know and uh and then he kind of explains you know it's the body bags uh yeah. deaths that are more interesting because they've died in in gruesome ways yeah um which you know explains i suppose the 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 journey that you're about to go on but what i um uh, you know, because I remember these segments. You know, because they, you know, they. Whatever you think about him and and this is that he's quite he's quite good at doing this kind of stuff, isn't he? I think he's got. Yeah. A, he, I think he gets it. I think he's got like a a sense of humour with it all, and he plays it for laughs. You know, and um, yeah, it's almost like a circus ringleader type thing. He's sort of doing it's like welcome to the show kind kind of scenario. But then, but they're not very long. I no. I kind of seem to remember them being a bit longer. But you're talking maybe a couple of minutes. If that one of them, I think this is the longest one, isn't it? And it, it, at most, this is like two minutes, two and a half minutes. Yeah, it's, it's really really quick. Um. So and then you're straight into it, pretty much. And like I said, I mean, it's already got a lean running time. If you, yeah. I mean, if you're going by what I saw as 127 minutes, uh, or even an hour and a half. At, 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 according to IMDb, um, it, it does rattle along quite quickly, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so it's the first story, which is called The Gas Station, and this one was directed by John Carpenter. Um, and you, because I, I didn't know which directors had directed which ones until I looked into it, I have to say. Um, did you know? Uh, no, I didn't. I think it says in the credits, doesn't it? I think. Possibly, I may have missed it, mm. but I think I, I looked into it afterwards, and uh, so you didn't know which which directors had. No. So okay, um, I'll save the question I was going to ask you then uh, until we've we've talked about this first segment, I guess, because um, okay. it, it's a effectively it's like a it's a slasher um, yeah. opening, isn't it? You know, um, because it opens up. With a, it's a, in the dark, you know. It's a gas station in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And you got a guy who's working in the booth, and he's watching the TV. And there's reports of a serial killer and yeah, deaths and things like that. And uh, two women pull up, and one of them is working at the gas station. Um, and she goes in, and she introduces herself to him. Yeah, uh, he's good old Anne. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. Uh, you know, he's uh, just chatting generally about. You know, he's friendly and uh, yeah, give, he's giving helpful. A, yeah, giving her the guided tour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not much of a tour though, because it's about a six-foot <laughs> really. square room. But. Uh, showing her where things are and all that kind of stuff, like you know, the key to the toilet. Which I always, find, I mean, I've, I've never been to one of those because in our country, in England, you know, if you need to go to the toilet, if you know, petrol station do have them, which I can't remember the time I've ever been to a toilet in a petrol station, I have to say. Uh, I have once. It was not pleasant. Okay. But they're generally just open, aren't they? Um, yeah. You don't need... Or you've got to, or you've got to pay for them now. You know, you, you've got to pay to have a shit or a piss these days everywhere. So. 
well, if you're paying for it, you might as well fucking have a shit, mightn't you? Absolutely. Twenty uh, p know. for a pee. I'll have twenty p for a shit, maybe, but I'm not. I'm, I'll hold that piss until I need a poo. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I've seen it before in like American films and stuff. They they generally have something attached to the key, like a yeah. block of wood or something. So block of wood, an old shoe, dead cat, yes. something like that. Mm. Yeah, so you, you you don't just steal the key, essentially, um, you know. So, I mean, what, why would you want to steal the key to the toilet of a gas station? I've okay, I've no idea, but uh, it's, oh, it's, I've got the key to this toilet now. No one's going to use it. I can use it whenever <laughs> I want. <laughs> yeah, and actually, th- thinking about it, I mean, we'll get to it later on. But the the toilet is actually bigger than the office that she's working in. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Um, is it, yeah, so, and, and he's just, you know, showing her stuff. Uh, he explains that the door to the booth locks behind her, um, which seems like a, a a pertinent plot point, shall we say. Yes. Also a stupid design in many respects as well. But Yes. Um, he seems like a nice guy. He leaves his number. Uh, his, yeah. his name's Bill. And yeah. She he walks off. She watches him leave. Um, she, she looks really nervous as he leaves. Yeah. And also, did, I couldn't tell at this point in time. Did he want to hump her? Well, see, this is the thing. See, I mean, so that the night goes ahead, you know, and she meets a number of different characters, mostly men, um, and they all just come on to her, don't they? Really? Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Um, you know, or they make cracks about her, uh, um, but then some of them just come out and basically ask her out, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, she so she she watches him drive off, um, and then she's just in the office reading books. What- yeah, because she's studying for something. Yes, uh, I think one is one of them antisocial psychotic behaviour or something like that. <laughs> What a coincidence. <laughs> um, and this is where you get your first jump scare. And uh, it's, a, you know, a man kind of... And Carpenter does this a lot in his films. Like, y- you will kind of... There'll be a, a um, some, if you like, sudden music which will yeah. accompany something walking past the screen or moving yeah. in the background that you can't fully see. And yeah, we it, see out of focus man walking in the background yeah like he'll do it in halloween he does it with escape from uh, new york you know it's just it's one of his things i think he you know he, he does that and it just puts you on edge and and watching it now i have to say still fairly effective didn't make me shit my pants do you know what i mean no. but, but it's still fairly well done i guess yeah um and it turns out that it's wes craven yeah um who wants to buy some cigarettes he looks a bit yeah. crazy and disheveled doesn't he yeah he looks a bit fucked doesn't he he looks like he's <laughs> he looks like he's been to a wedding um he's left the wedding absolutely ratted hasn't couldn't get a cab so he's decided to walk home but he's sobered up or started to sober up in that time so he he looks like a walking hangover he does not mm. he does not look clever he's a bit pasty a bit bit disheveled like he's had a bit of a fumble with a bridesmaid or something and, yeah, uh, yeah. He wants a packet of smirks, and he's got a and she's creepy. Re- she's really standoffish to him. Yeah, I know he looks a bit rough, but he doesn't say anything hideous to start off with. She's trying to have a chat, a general chat with her, and she just looks at him like he's just fallen out of someone's bottom. Hmm. Well, he asks what what she's reading. Yeah. Um. 
And he, then he starts to go down a slightly different yeah. path because yeah. he asks her to come out of the booth to have a drink. <laughs> yeah, have some um, bourbon. He's yes. got to get, you know, he's got to drink through this hangover that's happening. I think. And but the thing, I suppose, the thing about him is he's got this kind of like weird, creepy smile on his face, almost. Yeah. Like, like I suppose that you know, I'd be a bit perturbed by him. I guess if it was me uh, on my own. Um, I suppose you know I try and play it down a bit. You know, uh, no, you're right, mate. Whatever. But she's yeah, quite. If someone was sort of scaring me, what I wouldn't do is act standoffish. Yes. Yeah. I'd be normal. Maybe not too pleasant, but pleasant enough where they might just go away rather than standoffish, which could anger them. And if you anger them, they might get an axe out of their pocket. If they get the axe out of the pocket, they might hit you with it. If they hit you with it, you might bleed. Yeah. Well, and considering she's reading a book about antisocial psychotic behaviour, you'd think that she'd be a bit more relaxed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess, but still. Um, so he goes off. She watches him drive off. Um, she goes into the back office restroom uh, to sort of have a break, compose herself, wash her face. And then no an- paper towels. <laughs> yes, no paper towels. Another car pulls up um, and seemingly nice guy comes out, you know, fills up yeah. his car. Uh, this is David right. Norton. Yeah, leathery brown puffer jacket type thing. And um, oh, because he's not a bit dishevelled. Oh, she's all over him. Oh, yeah, definitely. She's all flirty, all smiley. Oh, willing to tell him what she's studying now. Yeah, I'll love it. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, get in my get in my lounge and we'll do it. That's what she was saying. <laughs> um, but one of the things that um, he mentions, which I quite liked, because, again, it's another little reference to Halloween, is that he's from Haddonfield. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he asks her out, but he does it in kind of a charming way, as opposed to saying, you know, come outside and we'll have a drink of bourbon. Uh, yeah. He start, He basically talks about this bar that, you know, uh, he goes to sometimes. Um, and, uh, anyway, he kind of leaves. Uh, but he, oh, yeah, he says, yeah, come to him. If, you, if I'm there, we'll play some pool. I can... You know, pop the pink and then go for the brown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and she's kind of daydreaming a little bit as he's driving off, isn't she? Because she's yeah. like, she's think she's interested, um, but yeah, she realizes. <laughs> she, he, he's, she's got his credit card in her hand, um, yeah. and she runs out the office, forgetting the golden rule that. Um, uh, what's his name? Bill. Bill. Yeah, uh, I was going to say Bob Bill. then. I know that wasn't right. But yeah, it's what Bill says. And uh, the door locks behind her. And yeah. uh, so, you know, she hears this bang from another part of the garage and she starts to walk away, realising then she's fucked a little bit because she's locked herself out. Yeah. I, di- I didn't like Anne at this point because I thought you've treated one man like shit. Oh, you find you find him a bit attractive. Oh, I'll be all over him. So I think I'd put, yeah, she leaves the kiosk. Uh and you thick whore. And uh, then uh, she's locked herself out, idiot. Uh, uh, and this is another one of those sort of um, blurry jump scares. Uh, the music ramps up very quickly out of nowhere. And it turns out that it's um, a homeless man who yeah. walks up behind her, asking to use the restroom. Now, and again, oh, now he's not got a leather jacket and, and and not got a convertible car. She's back to standoffish, Anne. Very much so. Uh, and Slag. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's uh, she goes into the the garage to try and find another set of keys, 
and uh, she happens to knock over a photo of employee of the month old yes. Sam Raimi yeah um which was cool and uh yeah so and she manages to find the keys get back in the office gives him the restroom uh, key he is a bit weird and creepy, I have to say. Well, he's just a bearded homeless man who's probably been drinking terps. So, <laughs> what the man needs is a chance in life. What he doesn't need is a woman who feverishly runs away to find a key. But, you know, fair play, she does get the key. But again, looking at him like he's one of life's low lives, which he might well yeah. be. But you know, you don't know his backstory. You don't know where he's been, what he's done, all the experiences he could tell you about. But no, you don't. Not bothered, I, because you don't find him fit, and do you, you bastard? <laughs> and what I thought was, if he's like a homeless bloke, why is he just? Why does he need to use the toilet? Why is he That's just? True. Why doesn't he just piss and shit up a up a bush? Yeah, or, you know, in That's a hedge. Very good point. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, another car pulls up at this point. I mean, <laughs> it's fucking busy, isn't it? For something like <laughs> two in the morning or whatever. There's a lot of people. There is, um, but no, this is kind of like uh, the, what I describe as like, you know, there's a lot of whooping and hollering. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was sh- originally thinking like, oh, here we go. It's the jocks. It's the it's the it's the college crew. It's not. But, you know, no, when I heard the whooping. I thought oh, it's going to be going to be some young roustabouts who have been, I don't know, hitting mailboxes with baseball bats and such ruffian escapades. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually um, Peter Jason who has got a great voice. You know, it sort of sounds yeah. like a uh, Texan to- style. You know, um, kind of what, what uh, what's the like a like a semi foghorn leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn, that's exactly who yeah. I was trying to think of. Yes, um, and he comes up, and you know, she sees him because he's with a woman as being yeah. f- fairly harmless, I guess. Um, you know, and he asks to use the restroom whilst she, the the woman he's with, is trying to fill up the car, but she can't do it. She's fucking useless. Um, Absolutely. And she asks him um, to check in the restroom because the guy, the homeless man, went in there, but he never came yeah, back out. She says there's a weird, a weird man who's gone in there. Will you check on him for me? Like, no, love. That's your job. Yes. Um. Fuck you, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so she goes out to help the the woman who's trying to fill up the car but can't figure it out uh we can't lift a handle <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's one of life's most complicated things filling a car up but this time she doesn't make the same mistake she actually gets the keys and takes them yeah. with her um and uh the guy comes back out of the restroom and says look he's asleep you know just leave him there he'll sleep it off um he's fine just leave him to it um they drive off uh she goes to check on homeless man yeah she can't leave it can she no she's got to go and be no oh that, no that's right because old foghorn leghorn left the key in the in the lock didn't he uh, yes that that's right i knew there was a reason why she went in there um and she can't see him but she turns around at one of the 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 stalls or booths or whatever you call it you know and she sees like these kind of weird horrible pictures of you know like a demon that's beheading people and yeah it's like carrying two dead women one of them's also carrying a head yeah uh so she's a bit freaked out by this she storms back to the office 
and again he's startled um, by this time the garage because there's a car or a truck that's on a ramp that starts to yeah. move up and down like so she's a bit sort of freaked out by this it's it's ramping up a bit now um, she goes to the office uh, and she goes to call someone but the phone isn't working at this point um, so she picks up a she's wrench trying to, I'm assuming she's trying to call Bill yeah point. yes because she takes the uh, he's um, I think she takes the piece of paper that he wrote the number down on yeah um, and so she picks up a wrench and she walks over to the garage um, and the little jump scare did this one get you at all because there's like a, a what do you call it? A, a tyre inflator thingy? Yeah, an air hose for want of a better aerifier. Pumpinator. but uh, Yeah. <laughs> and, and, or uh, an inflator air thingy, which I wrote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something you blow your tyres up with. Uh, yeah. That goes off um, under her feet and she freaks out a bit. Uh, she puts up, you know, she gets one of those kind of mechanical mechanic lights, you know, that they tend to hang on things and stuff yeah um and she goes uh to the truck and she discovers the homeless man has had his, yeah. his throat cut yeah one one dead bum yeah and he's in the truck so she's really obviously shit scared of this yeah um and you see where the office was where the keys were where the employee of the month photo was the, the shot of somebody at this point you don't know who uh holding a machete um, and she calls the number that Bill left, and Bill da, 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 picks up, and he's the killer. Yes, he's in the office with the machete. Did you see that coming? Uh, my first thought when we when it first started was, it's going to be Bill. But then I thought, right. no, it's, it's not going to be Bill. But then it was Bill. So it kind of surprised me, but it was my initial thought. Yeah. Um. So, well, that's good, because I must admit, I, I'm kind of similar to you, because I think it does a good thing, a good job of putting you on edge. You never quite know who is, you know, because you know there's a killer about. You know something bad's yeah. going to happen, because it's a horror film. Um, but you don't know who. I, I, I think unless you're, like, really perceptive. I like to think I'm fairly perceptive when it comes to films. You know, you can see things coming most of the time. Um so, but I, I, was, I was thinking maybe Bill, but then when we saw that that uh, painting in the toilet, I thought, "Oh, we're actually going down a monster route here. There's going to be a monster of some description." But then it wasn't. Well, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he cuts the phone line and he starts acting really sort of evil and maniacal and you know yeah. funny towards her and everything. Uh, and he, he slowly walks over towards yeah. the the booth. But he picks up, picks a, up a sledgehammer as well. Yeah, oh, good old sledge. Yeah. Machete and a sledge. That's not a bad combo, that. No. Uh, Low on defence, but, you know, good good attacking possibilities there. You've got a nice yeah. light light attack, and then you press circle, you get your sledgehammer out, and you do a heavy attack. <laughs> um, she freaks out. She calls 911, and... Um, Fucking useless. What a useless tit she is. If you were going to phone the police, what's the first thing you would say to them? Uh, where you are? Yeah, always useful, isn't it? She picks up the phone and says, there's a man after me, help. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. Quick, dispatch 
17,000 cars to go to every building in town, please. Yeah. Well, Muppet. <laughs> I get a feeling you don't really like her much. Well, when she was turned out to be shallow and then was looking at a bum and using cultural appropriation to decide that he was no good as a member of society, I thought, you, madam, you are judgmental. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he, she gets disturbed. Well, she can't carry on with the call because he starts to smash the glass in the booth. Yeah. Um, he does it in a very specific way of rather than hitting like one point in the glass a couple of times and around it where it would probably fall in quite easily, he chooses to sort of dot his splashes around so it takes maximum time to break. Yeah. Like, you know, he's enjoying terrorising her at this yeah. point. Um, she's frantically re- looking around for something to defend herself with, like some paper towels <laughs> 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 or something. Um, she opens the locker and Sam Raimi's dead body falls out yeah. on top of her, which I liked. Um, yeah, it might be, be the employee of the month next month, Willie the poor bastard. No, because one thing we didn't mention is that when she knocks over that picture of employee of the month it's never quite explained because when she picks it up and puts it back on the table she doesn't look at the photo um mm. but it's got like a the glass has been cracked where his face is yeah. but is that because she dropped it or because the killer did it i don't know well, also to be honest like the first time because the first time i saw it i saw the photo he, him and bill have a similar look mm so I think I think it could also supposed to be that you just assume that's Bill because you might not paid that much attention to Bill at the start of the thing. They're yeah. all a similar build and age and hair colour. So you, you might just assume that that picture is of Bill rather than a missing employee of some description. Mm, yeah. Because um, you are led to believe that Bill works there. That's the thing, isn't it? Because he's, yeah. sh- he's got the shirt on with his name on. He looks like he works there. He's in the office. So you just totally assume that he works there. Uh, yeah. He's showing you around, you know, and where things are. So he seems to he know. He knows the keys. He knows how much the fags are. Yeah. Um, he does. he does tell her to not cash up. Oh. Having just thought of that, he tells them, ah, just leave the cashing up or the cash count until the morning. They'll do it when they come in. So maybe he's going to rob the place as well. I don't know. Uh, no, no, good thought, good thought. Um, but then, yeah, so she hides herself in the bathroom and he starts to smash through the door, um, um, the shining style kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, then she manages to find something. What is it? Is it a chair? Is it? A- I thought it was a chair. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't rewind and have a look, but I thought it was either a chair or a stool. And she just twats him in the face with it. Oh, it's fucking! It's a good smack, isn't it? Yeah, like it's a proper. Yeah, he staggers back, falls down, and just lays there twitching. Yeah, <laughs> and the- slightly uncomfortable out of time. You think, oh, is she killed him? Is she caused some? Is he slowly bleeding on the brain, and he's just twitching out until he's. Until the lights go out and he dies. It, it is a proper smack. And his nose is obliterated. Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's a real good smash. Um, no, but this is the thing, isn't it? This is the typical horror thing, I guess, at that point, is that if somebody's trying to kill you and you've incapacitated them, you know, they're lying on the floor, uh, potentially very badly hurt or maybe even dead, would you finish the job or would you just well, run off at this you've point? You've got two options, haven't you? You either run as fast and as far as you can, but bearing in mind where she is, that's not really an option. So what you do is you pick the stool up and you give him another fucking great twat across that skull. 
Yeah, or the sledgehammer. Stamp on his neck or something. You you want to hear something go snap, <laughs> or some brains ooze out of his head. Yeah, or something. You know, he's got a sledgehammer. You know, which he's yeah. dropped at this point. So yeah, what she does is open the door, walk outside about two foot. So she's what's she now? Ten, twelve foot away from twitching Bill. Yeah, bad place to be. You got your back mm. turned. You're an idiot. Yeah, she doesn't even look back towards no. him or the booth until he appears out of nowhere, grabs her on the shoulder, but then collapses to the floor again. With a, yes. you know, he's got a fucked up face. So maybe yeah. you're led to believe that actually she did kill him. You know, but then she doesn't. She doesn't learn a lesson. What she does then is she runs across the forecourt. For forecourt. That's right. Forecourt. Forecourt. And uh, <laughs> then collapses in a sort of sits, kneels down, sort of sobbing a bit. Yet again, back to the body. So she's not facing it. So she hasn't put enough space between her and danger. And also isn't watching. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, she just she just sits there sort of like in shock, doesn't she yeah. really? Um, and I'm thinking, why? You're not even looking because again, it's the again the the the, the theme of the day or the theme of this film is you, you out of shot, out of focus, something moving in the background. It's very similar yeah. to Halloween, isn't it? Where you think that yeah. Laurie's killed Michael Myers, and uh, she's st- stood or sat at the top of the stairs, and he slowly emerges from the wardrobe and you know stalks off towards her. Um, at that point and and he's thinking oh my god really um and then yeah she kind of gets an inkling that he's something's going on behind her uh and then she runs into the garage um she goes to get into the truck and starts the engine but bill's behind her and turns the ramp on or presses the button for the ramp so she can't drive off um and you think oh he's he's got her now because like he's he's moving towards her but then old uh, werewolf turns up um, they start having a fight and yep. he, he's fucking useless yeah um, that's why I thought oh, he's here to save the day oh he's lost <laughs> <laughs> he gets knocked out um, really quickly um, and then she, so yeah he starts walking back towards the truck uh, doesn't even try and kill um, werewolf you know yeah. you'd think well he'd have a go at him when it, he didn't learn his bloody lesson he slips on some oil um <laughs> Which is quite funny. Yeah. Um, and then she slowly lowers the car onto him, or the truck onto him. Yeah. Crushing the shit out of him. I'm not sure how. Uh, yeah. Because Good point. It, isn't it, isn't it? Is it like a, it's like a truck, isn't it? It's like a, 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 a God, a ute. A ute, a, yes. Use an Australian thingy me bob. Um, so, yes, there's plenty of room between the underside and the bottom of the wheel to fit a human being. But this crushes the fuck out of him. Hmm. Well, yeah, never mind, he's dead. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and she, but she's, like, full-on bloodthirsty at this point, isn't it? Because she's like, die, die! Um, you know, so, uh, and, yeah, so... Ha, ha, ha. And Matey just says, I forgot my credit card. Oh, let's go and ha- let's go and have a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us are particularly bloodstained. Let's go hump. Mm. 
Uh, and there you go. That's the, the, the first story. So, as we did with Creepshow... Um, oh, I, Christ, I hadn't expected this. Okay. thrown it onto you. So let's, should we rate it? No, should we rate it out of 10 or 5? How do you want to do it? Or should we do a, a, a letter rating at A, B or C? Or D? Or E? Um, that's just far too many options. What would you prefer? Um, bread type. <laughs> okay. Roll well, battle baguette. That... <laughs> so what's what's your rating for bread then? What would be a top rating? Ooh, uh, I mm, now it depends. Well, no, don't open this kind of worms. It depends on how you are going to eat said bread as well. Is it a sandwich? Is it just a slice of bread? Is it toasted? Who knows? Too yeah. many. Too many yeah, things so there. Let's just stick to a number then. Do <laughs> it out of ten. <laughs> Uh, out of te- out of ten, then how would you rate this opening um, <clears throat> segment? Wasn't scary, to be honest. I, right. I didn't I didn't find it scary. Uh, I didn't like Anne. That's the problem. I found her too judgmental, too quick to, and also a rubbish judge of character. Considering someone who's so hoity-toity, I'm not speaking to you. You've got a shaggy beard, yet she's all friendly to Bill. Bill's the maniac. Hmm. She's not one of nature's finest. Uh, I'm going to go six. Ooh, still not a bad score. No, because it's not. It's not bad. It's it's better than average. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. A, a decent, solid opener. I think it's yeah. fair to say. Yeah, I think I'm of a similar. You know, I'd probably waver between a six or a seven. Um, I, it, 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 having seen it before, you know what's coming. <clears throat> So it's difficult to suppose to, you know, uh, be uh, objective about it, I guess. But, you know, it had a decent amount of jump scares. Um, You know, uh, I didn't hate Anne as much as you did, I have to say. I thought she was stupid. And and it does, this is the thing, it does fall into that that typical horror trope, isn't it? Uh, You know, that you've seen before with, like I mentioned, Halloween and and whatever. Uh, but it was okay. had a, a bit of gore in it, you know. Yeah, it, it was effective enough. There's nothing bad about it. It doesn't, it doesn't hang around like none of this does, does it? So it's not long. I wasn't bored in any way, shape or form because it just got straight to the point. Yeah. Uh, each segment's about 20 minutes, maybe 25 max. Uh, you know, it's around that, isn't it, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, then we go back to John Carpenter. Tell me, how long have you had these feelings of hostility? You can't say? You know, you really shouldn't keep your emotions all bottled up inside. Ah, you're hopeless. He should have had a lobotomy. Let's go see what other fun things we can find to do. Cirrhosis of the liver. Brain tumor. Severe head cold. Let's check the drawers. I call these my necrophile cabinets. Seems to be stuck. Obviously, these drawers were built before breast implants became so popular. These ought to be recycled. That's odd. Kiss and make up. Ah, 
Believe it or not, this was a human body. Poor guy fell off a high-rise onto the top of a car, which swerved in front of a train. He was dragged 900 yards under the engine. Fascinating what can happen to the human body under the right circumstances. And I suppose this is what links it all together, because then he's, you know, makes fun of the, you know, the the people involved or various things. Like, because he's he's talking to the, is it the killer, the corpse of the killer? Yeah. Um, um, like a psychiatrist type thing. Yeah, psychoanalyzing him kind of thing, you know. And uh, uh, and then you know, uh, he starts opening up some more lockers. At, and he says he calls these my necrophilia candidates. <laughs> yeah, uh, and because one of <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I forgot about the dead boobs. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. So yeah, he goes to open a a, a locker. Um, what do they call him? Is it locker? Is it meat um, meat locker? Is like well, they don't call him meat well, locker. <laughs> Um, that would be highly inappropriate. Um, I don't know. The, the, I don't. They kept cold in there. I know the whole yes. place is going to be warm, but they extra cold. Yes, they're like fridges, aren't they? I guess. I yeah. suppose they're refrigerated. But uh, uh, I can't think of the name. But anyway, we people know what we're talking about. And yes, because it's a it's a female form because you can see tits. But he's having real trouble trying to get the um, the the what do you call it. <laughs> Breasts, boobs. No, not drawer. The, the drawer. Uh, death he, tray. He, the bed. The bed. Not the bed. The thing that the, the slide. Oh, it's like a filing cabinet. It's like a filing cabinet of dead people. For bodies, yes. He can't get yeah. it open. So, and because the tits, the fake tits, are um, stopping it from opening uh, properly. Um, which again, quite funny, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then he he makes. Um, crack about breast implants uh you know uh and then there's a couple uh, two more corpses which are headless and he swaps them over (laughs) after making them kiss first yes um but then he opens up yeah he gets a bag of mush like kind of it's a small bag of blood and bits yeah like the giblets you get in a turkey yeah, uh, and says, "Oh, this used to be a human body, and all this, that, and the other." And but then we cut to um, Stacy Keach. Yes, uh, and this again is directed by John Carpenter, uh, but this one is called Hair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, which will become apparent very quickly. So Stacy Keach, who's making dinner, and he's watching an advert um, uh, with David Warner in the background. Uh, you know, and that's about hair growth. Uh, and he's combing his hair, like yes, his slightly um, thinning hair. Yes, like we he, are going to say hair a lot. Like yes, like he he describes uh, later on in the movie, like baby's hair. It's very <laughs> sort of wispy and thin. Um, and I'm thinking. I'm not surprised that you make you fucking comb it. It's like <laughs> True, yeah. it constantly brushing his hair. Um, and, you know, he's trying to cover over the thinning. Uh, he's very vain is perhaps the wrong word. He's very self-conscious about it, isn't he? He's vain yet insecure. Yes. About his hair. Very mm. obsessed. Very obsessed with hair. Mm. And uh, Sheena Easton's at the door. And yep. uh, her is act... It, is it, are they just a girlfriend or is it... Yeah, it must be. Yeah. It's yeah. his missus anyway. It's his girlfriend, yeah, yeah I'd say. Yeah. Um, and Punching well above his weight. 
Oh, God. I mean, at this point, I don't know how old he would be. Um, I mean, she isn't young, but she looks good, I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, he looks like a, a, a very sort of like middle-aged man at this point, doesn't yeah. he? Um, you know, and Stacey Keach has generally always had a moustache, so that's not unusual to see, I guess. But, you know, he does look like a proper middle-aged man, and she looks a lot younger than him. Yeah, I think he's a sugar daddy. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's sort of asking what he's done with his hair. They talk about <laughs> hair thinning. <laughs> yes. He's very, very, very insecure about his hair. She says, you know, nothing to worry about going bald. And he says, so you think I am going bald? And then there's more hair discussion. Hair. Hair. He's, he's very sensitive about it, isn't he? Um, yes. And she, but she does kind of take pity on him. I got the feeling that you know she's like, oh, you look very handsome. You know, you know, you might be going bald, but you're still handsome, kind of, yeah. sort of. Um, and you know, she. This is the crack. Like I say, it's quite funny. But she says, oh, you're behaving like a baby. And he says something like, you know, well, that's fine because I've got hair like a baby. <laughs> um, and he's after again, dinner. He's still talking about hair. He's combing it's, it again. Yeah, I need more hair. Um, <laughs> he's got that. He's got that toupee. She doesn't like that either. Yeah, he's obsessed with hair. The music, the jazz music's in the background constantly. Constantly, yes. Hair. And the the the, to, the the wig, the toupee, does look ridiculous. I have to say. Yeah. Um, now here's a question. Well, they always do. There's not, not a toupee on this world that doesn't look ridiculous. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you... And I've never met you, so I don't know. You might be bald anyway, but I suspect you're not. Uh, if you were to go bald or start to have thinning hair, yeah, what would you do? Would you just let it disappear or would you shave it off? Or... Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd just go short straight away. I'd just shave it short straight away. There's nothing worse than someone going bald on top and then they've still got reasonable hair length on the sides. Yeah. Like a proper 1980s open university haircut or a semi-Terry Nutkins. It's, uh, yeah, the tragedy of someone who's got nothing on top but still pretends they've got hair on the side and the back of their head. Nah, just give it a number one or number two, whatever. You don't have to go full baldy. You don't have to go skinhead. But there's there's a length there where you don't look like a twat. <laughs> yeah, and some people do grow their hair long at the back as well, don't they? Even though they're completely oh. bald at the top. Um, sc- is it a skullet? Is that what it's called? Is it? I don't... Yeah, possibly. Um, So, I I can kind of... I mean, I'm not... I don't think I'm going bald. I I mean, but when I was young... Your forehead is merely lengthening. (laughs) It takes me longer to wash my face. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, I I mean, I've got hair on my head. Um, You know, it's... uh, I've always had, I suppose, you know... um, not thick hair, she was uh, talking about Alan Sanders. I have to say, if you ever look at a picture of him, he's got an amazing head of hair. Um, one of our, um, you know, uh, tribe on our podcast, if you like. Um, he, he's got, and I, I even commented about this recently because he sent a picture of him with his dogs, and I just said, "God, Alan, you've got amazing hair." <laughs> yeah, I think if you shot him in the head, the bullets bouncing off, isn't it? Yeah, impenetrable uh, bush on top of that man's head. Yeah, my hair isn't that thick, uh, I have to say. But, you know, it does a job. I'm happy no, with... Neither's the... mine. I've got plenty of it. It's just the wrong colour, and it's not particularly what co- thick. I've what got co- a lot of grey. Oh, really? Have you? Yeah, loads. Uh, 
See, I've got bits of grey, um, but not too much. It's it's kind of like a a gingery brown, I guess. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, this the thing about my um, you know my facial hair? I don't. I, I, again, I, I can't really grow facial hair particularly, um, but when I do, it comes out ginger. Not quite sure why, um, but still, I used to have when I was a kid. You see pictures of me, like a basic, a curly afro, um, like a blonde curly afro, um, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, and but when I was in my teenage, shall we say, early twenties, um, I started to grow my hair, and I had long hair. Um, you know, I was in the kind of the music, the grunge music I was into yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I grew my hair long uh, down to my shoulders uh, and I was so touchy and sensitive about my hair because it was one of those, because my hair is naturally wavy anyway. So if it gets long, it gets curly, um, but it would annoy me because I just wanted straight hair. Uh, now, I did have a mate who had um, like long hair as well, which I was kind of emulating and wanting to be a bit like um but this is the thing right he used to use hair straighteners Ooh, <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like whenever we go out for a night out on a friday he'd be there standing in front of the mirror with his hair straighteners um which looking back you know he's thinking fucking hell um Jesus. but i've never done that i have to say but then you know so you have to go, when you're growing your hair you have to go through that phase where it's messy you know there's no two ways about it you know it, it, you can't make um sort of like hair that's not quite long but it's not short look yeah. decent unless you put loads of gel in it and it just looks fucking ridiculous anyway um so it went you went through that phase and i remember going to the it wasn't a barber's, it was a hairdresser's, you know, uh, and uh, sort of saying, because somebody had said, if you cut the dead ends out, then, you know, it will grow quicker. And I remember going and having my hair cut and they must have thought, what a fucking pussy, uh, you know. <laughs> You've got to go, oh, we, we just cut the dead ends off. Just cut the dead ends off and then don't cut it too short. And I'd be so worried about going bald like it would be i'd have a worry you know that would i would just i'd worry about going bald and um you know and then when i have it cut it was just like oh my god they've butchered me uh when in reality they probably hadn't cut that much off in the first place so i can kind of see to a certain degree where stacy keach uh whose character we should point out is richard um I can kind of see where he's coming from. If it happens now, I think I've got to a point in my life where, you know, I'm 44. I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. Um, I'm happy that I've got a bit of hair <clears throat> uh, and I'm happy that I'm not going bald. But if it happened, whatever. Well, yeah, I, st- I stopped worrying about greys years ago. I got my first grey hair, I think, when I was 19. Really? So, wow. Yeah. Considering, considering it's been going that way for, what, 22 years or whatever it is, eh, not bad. Fine. Yeah. I don't care. See, I'd rather have grey hair than no hair. I guess if I was going to mm. make, if I was going to have a choice, um, I can tell you exactly when I started to get grey hairs. It was eight years ago when my daughter was born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, that was a bit of a segue into hair. But since we're talking about hair, why the hell yeah. not? We haven't even started barely talking about hair yet. Yes. Hair. Uh, and 
she says again come to my hairdressers and you'll meet my barber who uh will shape your hair you know do something with it <laughs> yeah yeah um but you're gonna how are you gonna shape hair that's almost not there right. yeah mm. uh, because it, the, the barber is has got amazing hair uh yeah. you know like it's just it's not out of place at all is it no uh and you know he's talking to him like oh we can do something we can if i just cut a little bit here and and stacy keach is saying i don't want you to cut it off i've got none to cut off um i don't want less hair i want more hair and all this yeah you know because the, the the barber tells him or the barber the hairdresser tells him he's heading heading for fried egg city or egg city yes uh at Cubalsville or something like that <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he then goes to his car, um, Richard does, and um, this is quite funny, um, because he's he, the hairdresser has done his best, I think, to shape his hair. Yeah, it kind of looks a bit like a brown trump. It, <laughs> it looks a bit thicker, but it clearly hasn't really done... He's probably spent a fortune trying to, you know, yeah. it's achieved nothing. Um and then he's watching people in slow motion who have got amazingly long hair. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a, a, like a fit woman who's got long blonde hair. Uh, there's a man with long blonde hair. Looks a uh, bit like your Chippendale style person. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you've got, uh, this is where Greg Nicotero's little cameo pops up because you see him with his long hair. And then he pans down and he's got a long haired dog. <laughs> 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 uh, which is awesome um and then he goes home he's got a bag full of crap products for his yes. hair he spent uh, a fortune on bullshit including lamb fetus yeah that was weird which was a bit weird um yeah. and he's listening to some kind of new age music tape um hair all music ab- all about gr- he- grow your hair um should say as well at, at the start of this have a shot every time we mention hair. <laughs> see, how, see how far you'll get into it. Um, he's rubbing some kind of implement into his hair, um, which is supposed to stimulate growth. And he's talking to his hair, saying, Oh, grow, baby, grow. <laughs> <laughs> he's quite uh, obsessed. It's very, <clears throat> very obsessed. Uh, and he, he gets a. He looks at it, he spent like probably an hour doing all this shit and he just looks disappointed at himself doesn't he yeah uh and then he gets a can and you don't see well you see him spray some shit on his hair but yeah you're not entirely sure what it is at this point no. until sheena easton comes to his door again and he's kind of shocked but he's a bit too scared to say anything or he doesn't know what to say um until she actually says have you painted your head? <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's just got. It looks like he's got a tin of paint and just painted hair on the top of his head, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does look ridiculous. Um, you know, and and he's feeling down, and it, she's doing her best, I suppose, to try and console him a little bit. But then she kisses him on the head and has black shit all over her lips uh, from the paint. Uh, yeah. But this is the thing. See, at this point, he starts laughing at her. Yeah. Um, yeah, just for, for a second, the mood lightens. He laughs at her, and uh, no, she, she she she's not pleased with it. Yeah, that's right. She tells him he's not a bald guy; he's a thinning hair guy. She has a go yes. at him after he's laughed at her, and she storms out and tells him they need a bit of time apart. 
yes, basically split up pretty much yeah. is I think what what it is. Uh, so she's a bit of a shallow twat as well. But then I suppose if you're going out with somebody who's constantly fucking whinging about their hair, it would wind you up and gr- you know grind you down a bit. You'd think I can't be doing with this bollocks, um, you know. So but, um, anyway, he's watching more hair adverts. <laughs> Um, and he sees the ad an advert for the Roswell Hair Growth Company. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which uh, I clocked that this time around. Um, and then he goes for an appointment, and Debbie Harry is the nurse assistant, sex pot, um, weirdo, whatever you want to call her. Um, yeah, she's a little bit horny and weird. Yeah. Um, and she, he's talking to David Warner and how does it work? And he says that they apply like a protein to revive the dead follicles. Uh, and then he starts asking him like why he wants hair. Uh, yeah, a bit weird. And, you know, there are advantages to being bald, uh, apparently, you know, he was saying. And uh, But, you know. Is he saying like people trust bald people more? I was like, no, they don't because bald people look like thugs. <laughs> Skinheads. I guess. Yeah. Oh, there's a trustworthy human being with his with his big boots and his bald head. Yeah, no, I'll I'll, mm. I'll trust a haired person more often than not. Mm. Yes. Well, uh, and then this was cool. Uh, you know, very nineties, I guess, um, because it, they get a picture of um, Stacey Keach and they stick it in the graphics scanner. Yeah. To choose a hair personality. Mm. Which was a an odd way. Of, an odd way. I mean, I don't know. I, mm, I don't understand. Well, obviously, it shows it's those stows, shows Richard's face, and they put different haircuts on him. And uh, they said, which one do you want to choose? And I sat there thinking, but that's a style. Surely you just want more hair, and then you can cut it to any of the said styles that you're showing. Mm, yes, but they give him the choice of what it's going to look like. They don't, yeah. you know... You know um, which I must admit, I hadn't really thought about until you had just pointed out. I mean, it's, I suppose it's one of those, isn't it? You know, it's not like you're picking a character in um, an, in a role-playing game, <laughs> and, you know, like The Witcher, and you're saying, Ooh, what hairstyle would I like on my character? It, yeah. It's kind of a bit like that, isn't it? You yeah. know, I just want more hair of the right colour. I can then have it styled to my, my whim. Yes, but he goes for the stallion look. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit like a death metal group. Um, yeah. It's long shoulder length dark hair, isn't it? You know, with a parting in the middle. I think yeah. he's, he's pretty much it. Um, and the she's getting... quo. Yes, she's getting very excited by this, you know. Yeah, she uh, is. And getting quite, um, you know, horny, like you said. Uh, and then he goes home. He's got a bandage on his head. Um, the uh, David Warner says that you know when you unravel the bandage in the morning, you will have the hairstyle that you have chosen, and you'll wake up like a new man. Um, and he wakes up and he starts touching the bandage, which you can tell has expanded. You know, yes. from from when he had it on the night before. Somehow, because uh, it's a very tight bandage the night before. It is. Um, he stands in front of his mirror, which he does a lot in this film, uh, uh, or this section, I should say. He starts to unravel the uh, the bandages very slowly, and in, and apparently this was done in one take. But from, from um, the the way that the length of hair sort of just drops down, yeah, 
he's quite cool, you know. Uh, and lo, the length of hair doth fall past his face. Yes. The stallion is born. And uh, he then starts manically taking off the bandage and he's really happy and he's talking to himself, you know, and he's pretending he's like some kind of warrior. Um, you know, he's saying, he's, makes, what's he say? Something like, uh, oh, yes, make sure the soldiers are fed and then bring yeah. bring forth the women. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got to be pointed out that he looks absolutely ridiculous. Yes, because he's he's got this tash as well. He's yeah. basically an old man with long hair at this yeah. point, isn't he? He looks utterly ridiculous. Um, but he's happy, so yeah. you know. Um, and Sheena Easter comes over. Now, yeah. why does she, why does she come over if they've had a break? I don't. I, I mean, didn't, probably I, said, did I miss come round? I've got more hair. But no, they didn't explain anything. She just pops around again, and she's well impressed with the hair. Even though he looks like a knob. <laughs> he's wearing a very natty jumper at this point, isn't he? Ooh, yes. Uh, um, but she's all over him. She can't get enough of him. Um, and, you know, they clearly have lots of sex and everything because uh, they're in bed. Mm. Um, she's in a leotard the next day because I'm guessing she's got some kind of gym class or yeah. something. She licks his face. <laughs> yes, to wake him up. Um, which I would, you would think that would be like the opposite of a cat licking you because like licking his scratchy face, um, you know, because he's probably not had a shave or whatever, or he's got a yeah. bit of stubble. Um, it'd be a bit like, you know, when a cat licks you and they've got like really prickly Rough tongues. Tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine as well, I just can't imagine he'd taste very nice. He's had a, he's had a night's worth of humping. He's quite old. He's going to mm-hmm. sweat a lot in bed. He's got a spiky face. That's not going to be the best best lick you've ever had. No, it probably isn't. Um, yeah, and so uh, he wakes up and he's got a bit of a sore throat. Is it COVID, I was thinking, at this point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she leaves and he gets some mouthwash and he gargles and then he starts, he notices that his hair's grown a few inches yeah. overnight. Yeah, quite a few, like doubled in length almost, doesn't it? Yeah, because uh, it's kind of down to his waist almost at this point. He goes to the salon, which he went to uh, earlier on, and he's got like a crowd full of women that are looking at him. Yeah, they all can't believe it. And a hairdresser, oh, he, he's definitely, he's definitely coming his pants. He cannot believe his new hair. Oh, he loves it. Uh, mm. I was thinking, well, maybe the women are looking at him because he looks like such a twat. Yeah. Um, but, and then he, he's coughing a bit whilst the hairdresser's talking to him. Again, maybe COVID, uh, you know. Uh, and then the uh, the stylist starts cutting his hair. Yeah. Actually gets his hair cut, doesn't he? The brave little soldier. Oh. Yeah. But even then he's going, oh, not too much. Um but then this is it. See, now you're starting to realise why he's actually not feeling very well. Because as the hair is cut, uh, the worm-like things, the hair yeah. start to creep on the floor. Yeah, a couple of strands just start moseying along like a caterpillar. <laughs> very good. And he's at home then at this point because he cancels his date with Sheena Easton uh, because he's not feeling very well. And she started getting all jealous now. She was ready to drop him like a hot potato. Um, But no, no, because uh, of his new hair, um, she's not happy that she's been dropped. Uh, And uh, yeah, so then he looks in the mirror 
and he sees a hair in his throat wiggling around, like yeah. pop, popping up, going, "Oh!" <laughs> Which would, would freak me out slightly more than I think it does him. Yes, but he goes to pull on it, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and you know, he goes to phone somebody, but then all of a sudden, just collapses into his bed. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's, he's like he's going to phone the Roswell Institute, where it's called, to have a go at them. Then just doesn't because he falls asleep. Yeah, uh, which is a bit. Well, I'm going to give you a piece of my. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the as he's sleeping, the worm things start to poke out of his neck. Yeah. Uh, um, and then his phone rings, uh, and he's he he sort of wakes up, and he's. Face is covered in hair, and he's starting to look rough at this point, isn't he? Yeah, he, he looks. He, he's starting to look mid-teen wolf at this point. He's looking a bit yes, ropey. exactly, exactly what I thought. Yeah, he, he did look a bit sort of like you know teen wolfy, teen not well not teen yeah. wolf's dad because teen wolf teen, teen wolf's dad looks ridiculous, but more yeah. def, definitely teen wolf. Um, but he's got like holes and craters in his face and stuff as well. He's a bit his skin's not looking good as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, then uh, the worm things are sort of creeping by his bed, <laughs> making yeah. themselves at home. Uh, and he walks to the bathroom and the hair's growing everywhere. And he, he there's some in his mouth at this point and he cuts yeah. it. And the, 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 the little worm it fucking creature, screams. Yes! It goes, ah! Kind of thing as soon as it gets cut. Well, why didn't it do it when the, the hairdresser cut it's cut the hair? I don't know. That doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But um, he gets the magnifying glass out as, as a look at it. And it's actually like a, yeah, you see it. It's like a, a mini worm snake thing with a mouth. And it's trying to bite his finger. Yeah. It's like hissing at him going, kind yeah. of thing. Horrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he's panicking a little bit and he, he gets in his car and he's he's driving all the snake things are coming out of his face. Um, and he goes to the clinic and uh, David Warner and Debbie Harry are sort of like, you know, talking about stuff, uh, you know, and being generally quite happy with themselves. Um, and they say, uh, oh, it went wonderfully. Yes. And he sort of like bounds in like... Uh, He's turning into a bit of a werewolfy type creature himself because yeah. he's sort of like, you know, how can I describe it? He sh- he's, like I said, he, he shambles, stroke, bounds in, like, oh, what's happening yeah. to me? Um, and they cut his arm open, don't they? Um, yeah. Which he doesn't even really flinch about at this point. No. And all the snake things appear in his from his arm. Um, and you discover the twisty thing here is that they're actually aliens. Yes. Uh, uh, who prey on humans' vanity um, yes. and human brains. Yeah, when we arrived here, we were starving, and then we we found the only thing we could eat was human brains. So, they, yeah, they're using humans' vanity to infect us humans with worms that slowly eat our brains. As they finish telling him this, he essentially just goes into a trance like he has just been lobotomised. Yes, uh, he's comatose at this point, isn't he? Because yeah. uh, sort of David Warner says, you know, we're very much enjoying your brain right now, um, and uh, yeah, so he sat, he sits in a chair, and um, David Warner says, oh, we'll take him to, you know, some somewhere, you know, we'll take him to a, another suite or whatever, uh, and uh, the nurse is there. What is she doing? Is she pulling the I snake think, things out of his hair? Uh, I think she, yeah, I think she's farming them. So they've got more. I'm assuming they multiply inside us. Ooh, uh. So I'm assuming they multiply and they get more of them, and then uh, 
Yeah. And pass them on to the next customer. Although I don't get, if they've eaten... Was he in between stages then? Because Debbie Harry and uh, Doodah, what do you call him? He, they were both sentient, but they were alien worm people, essentially. Mm. Mm. And he's just gone now. He's just like in a spazzy dribble fest on his chair. But does that mean at one point, like, I don't know, five minutes after the film ends, he'd snap back into it because the aliens were then being controlled? I don't know. See, I thought that they've just eaten his brain or the the part of his brain that controls. Like you said, he's essentially like lobotomized, isn't he? So they've yeah. eat, eaten the bra- part of the brain where he, it's a bit like uh, uh, Ray Liotta in Hannibal, where Hannibal's yeah. eating his brain. <laughs> and he's yeah, quite, because, quite. But it's just weird that those two, if they're aliens, but they're fully conscious. It's like so all the little worms in then have acted like the Power Rangers in those big robots, where there's they're all piloting this one body. So I wonder mm. if. If you know, if they basically just cut off all his senses, at some point then are the aliens going to climb into the cockpit and take charge? So he's like a another human alien walking talking person. Oh, good but point. Nev- yeah, but we never know. We'll never know. No, no, and uh, yeah. So and uh, yeah, that's it. He's just staring into the distance, and you go back to John Carpenter. It seems to me maybe I'm going a little thin on top myself. Ooh. I think we have time for one more body. Does anyone have anything to share? No volunteers? What a bunch of stiffs. I want you guys to think about this while I go have a drink. Ah! Ooh, I forgot about this. This is weird. This may make you a little tense. It made someone a little past tense. <laughs> Here's looking at you, kid. Yes. Who um, makes a crack about his hair falling out and pulls out a handful. Um, and he uh, he says that we've got one last body bag. Um, and he pulls out, he starts making a cocktail, um, and an eyeball floats in like a, an olive, I guess. Yeah. Um, and this is the final story, uh, yeah. uh, called I, which and is... you've forgotten to score part two. Shit the bed! God, my <laughs> fuck! <laughs> so go on then. Right, yes, I'm glad you <clears throat> pulled me up on that one. Um, um, I'm going for a straight seven. Ooh. Because it's Frankie not horrific. Hey, that's Kenneth Williams. Uh, it's not really that horrific, but it was just quite funny. Yes. I, th- I think the humour was fine, and it was just funny seeing someone um, be so panicky about hair. And I just started laughing how many times they said hair and how obsessed yeah. he was with hair. And it, uh, that, like you said, that, that tune, it, look, that um, jazz theme tune he's playing in the background yeah. constantly is it, it's you know. like a weird sort of dream that segment it's just odd it's more surreal than the first one it's got weirder music constantly just a, a weird odd little number hmm. yeah it plays itself seriously but it's not particularly horrific yeah that makes and sense. i think stacy keach he's, he's quite good in it you know i yeah. think he's uh you know because he's you know i just think he plays it really well you know that um yeah. 
but uh, yeah, I quite liked it as well. It's definitely the dark comedy f- sort of um, yeah. section of the, uh, you know, not horror, definitely not horror, more sort of amusing. Uh, and I, what uh, did you quite like the twist? Did you see the twist coming or anything like that? Well, it was only the second time they mentioned when they said Roswell, and I was like, aha. This has got aliens or something. It's something to do with alien proteins or what. I didn't think the hair would be alive, but I thought because it's called Roswell, I thought, right, it's going to have something to do with aliens. Yeah. Well, there I you go. wasn't sure what. So, well, they, that's awesome because if the first one was a six, the second one was a seven, what's the third and final story going to be then? Shall we see? Um, it be a number. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned... Uh, called i directed by toby hooper this time around um and you get a close-up of mark hamill's eye uh, because you discover that he's a baseball player um his wife uh twiggy calls him to say that he's had some new he's got she's got some news for him um and he's doing quite well with his baseball because that he reckons that he's going to get called up to the the big leagues despite him being a tiny person Yes. And despite him having a terrible moustache. He has, yeah. He, um, I can't remember if I've seen Mark Hamill with a, a tash before. I definitely know I hadn't. It was a surprise. Because he, he generally, I mean, not, not necessarily in The Last Jedi or, you know, the Star yeah. Wars film, but he's always had quite boyish, you know, looks, I guess. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> he. Uh, He's driving home. It's wet. It's uh, you know, he's doing the old thing that yes, I guess the equivalent of today, which would be looking at your phone, sending a text. Yeah. Uh, he's Back trying to in get the day a... searching for the right tape to put into your tape player. Yes, uh, and he he's got a load of tapes on the floor on the the footwell of the passenger seat. <laughs> So, you know, not very close to hand. No, I mean, put them on the passenger seat, not the footwell. If you, I mean, yeah. don't don't do it. Don't don't take your eyes off the road as long as he does anyway. But if you're going to have multiple tapes, have them in the little. Have a few select ones in the little side pocket, or have them in the seat. Don't have them in the fucking footwell where you've actually got to bend down to get them. Mm, yeah, and he does that a few times. It's not yeah. just you know he's he's. He does quite a few times, uh, and yeah, he skids on the road to avoid an animal, uh, and ends ends up hitting a like a a, a lamppost stroke yeah. telephone pole, wooden pole, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, a suspicious car. See, I thought this was going to be a big thing. A suspicious car pulls up behind it, but it's just two mm. fellas, and they look at him, and he he sort of lifts his head from the steering wheel. And he's got a big bit of glass sticking out of his eye. And they go, ooh, that's nasty. That's going to sting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's quite a good effect. I quite like it. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's it quite gruesome. I mean, eyes are generally not a good thing, you know, in horror films. Oh, just, oh no, no. I was going to say they are useful in real life, but... Um... <laughs> well, yeah, they are. Uh, but in horror films, no, no. no, like, no, no, no. Here, here's a story for you. So, um... Uh, we were watching Hostel uh, many years ago. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes. Um, what's his face? Oh God, he's one. He's a, one of those directors that Quentin Tarantino quite likes for some reason. Uh, Eli Roth. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. he makes 
shall we say questionable films whether they're any good or not is another you know matter um i don't know whether you did you do you remember much about hostel yeah, uh, yeah i saw the that that cabin fever that he did he did 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 yeah, yeah. the cabin fever he did jagen um that was all right at the time i saw it recently it was rubbish uh hostel wasn't a big fan of, it's just torture porn and it's not really my thing once you've seen yeah once you've seen someone get their cock chopped off or whatever yeah yeah, so there's a scene in it where um, one of the torturers has got a blowtorch to a Japanese um, uh, tourist uh, to her eye, and her eye pops. Right in the Jap's eye. Whee! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and at this point, because I was watching it with uh, with my wife, uh, she was actually sick. <laughs> <laughs> She was physically sick when that wow. happened. Wow. <laughs> I've never been anywhere near that kind of reaction when I've watched a film. Yeah. So I've looked at stuff are. and gone, ugh. But ne- never never to that point, no. Wow. Um, Impressive. No, that, that, is a, that is a proper reaction. And then I, we also... You made her clean it up. <laughs> she, we... Um, we watched Saw 3 at the cinema as well, which is particularly gruesome, I have to say. Oh, they, please say she vomited into someone's perm. She didn't vomit on this occasion, but I think she probably watched about 10 minutes of that film uh, because she just turned her, her head away from the screen pretty much for the vast majority of that film. Um, and I was, was, just, that, was her head turned away from you or was it turned towards you and she was just staring at the side of your head in fury for the next hour? Uh, well, I did quite and try and sort of direct it towards my lap, but that didn't work. <laughs> Uh, you know, I suppose you, you lose the mood a little bit where you can hear, you can still hear the screaming, uh, you know, from of people being tortured in the the background. But still, never mind. Um, no, it makes the ejaculation so much fun. <laughs> uh, but yes, so then he's in hospital, and Roger Corman is one of his doctors, um, and he's lost his right eye, and yeah. he freaks out because he's a baseball player. So what's he yeah. going to do with his life? Um, so another doctor comes in and offers him the chance of a lifetime. Good old Dr. Wang. Dr. Wang, yes. Because <laughs> <Yeah. to, laughs> he can perform an eye transplant, which has never yeah. been done before. Yeah, and, and no one else thinks he's going to work, but I do. Yes. Um, but, you know, what the hell's he got to lose? And it just so happens that he has a healthy eye ready to go, yeah. um, you know, and sort of uh, Mark Hamill and... Twiggy uh, talking about it and basically they decide to go for it because again yeah. if it doesn't work it doesn't work um, they transplant the eye you see a bit yeah. of the operation for some uh, reason the they're o- keeping the eye in a whiskey glass full of ice <laughs> I, yeah I I wasn't sure what it was I, I wrote down ice cream dish uh, <laughs> Like one of those kind of tiny little, you know, glass dishes yeah. uh, that you put a bit of ice cream in, you know. It was uh, either that or it just looked like a miniature cocktail glass and that was like the glacier cherry. Um, yeah, and uh, then, because there's a heavy sort of um, theme of religion that carries on through this, because for some fucking reason, um, Twiggy is sat in the room next to where the operation is happening, and there's just a priest reading the Bible to her, um, and they pop his eye in, <laughs> even though 
the aging doctor's hands are shaking like fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, he hasn't got the steadiest hands, uh, I would suggest, no. at this point. Um, and, yeah, they do just... I mean, again, it's shown in a fair bit of graphic detail. You know, it's uh, it looks relatively gruesome. It's, yeah, it's not bad. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then the... Uh, they're all happy. The doctor comes back and he says, oh, the operation was a complete success. Uh, we're going to unveil the new eye. And, uh, you know, so they unravel the... Or they take the, put, a, put a patch on his other eye and take the patch off his new eye, shall we say. Uh, and he opens his eyes, he's blinking, and he sees a blurred vision of his wife uh, slowly come into view. And then he can see her perfectly. Yeah. Which is, you know, great. Yeah. Should put out his, his new eye is brown. His original eyes were blue, but his new one's brown. It's a big ass brown contact lens in his eye at this point. Yeah, massive. Um, but they're all happy, except he starts to have like kind of these flashes that yeah. you, like sort of you know stabbing pain it's or headaches. Literally a flash. It's like a flash, and it sounds yeah. like an old camera flash at the same time. It's weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is the first point, I guess, you would suspect that something might not be quite right. Because, for some reason, he grabs his wife's hair like, yeah. and holds it in his hand. And then he kind of catches himself and is thinking, why did I just do that, almost? Um, you know. And the doctors reassure him, saying, oh, the headaches will diminish. Uh, and you need to do your eye exercises. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, what was that blinking? What are they? You know, looking yeah. up, looking down, looking left, looking, looking right. right. Why uh, are you doing what? that? I couldn't help but actually do that with my eyes. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, then he pops in a blue contact lens because um, I guess he didn't want to wear the brown one constantly. Uh, and they go home. Uh, so, yeah. you know. Now, this has all happened in a relatively quick, short space of time, hasn't it? Yeah. You know. it's, it's, like, it's two days, isn't it, Max? So they, when, when he, they say you can go home tomorrow at one point. You'd assume that was the day of the operation. The operation was the day after he was in. Yeah, so three, maybe three days. Yeah. It's still quick for an eye transplant, which doesn't exist, but you know what I mean. It's huge. Um, and Twiggy's accent wavers uh, all over the place a little bit because I think she's supposed to be American but oh she's she... very British 95% of the time yes um, and she go they go home she surprises him with the news that he's going to be a dad yep. uh, you know uh, he looks into the garden and he looks a bit he's not best pleased I think is he with the news it's fair to say no. uh, but you know he's just had a fucking eye operation yeah. you know He's so. a bit worried about the future and not being able to play baseball mm. more than anything. Um, and she can't wait to get put him to work, you know. He's just had <laughs> yeah. a frigging operation. Uh, he's had his eye out. Um, build that crib, you son of a bitch, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Because, um, yeah, she's got a present for him, which is a crib, you know. Happy present day, you know. Yeah. I've been through that myself. Um <laughs> With children, but still. Um, so, yeah, then they go to bed. Yeah. He starts kissing her. Yeah, he, and... he, he just wants to fuck. <laughs> he does. 
Um, yeah, and she's kind of like not up for it at all, is she really? Yes. She's put off by his two different coloured eyes. Oh, yeah. And he gets a bit pissy about it, doesn't he, really? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he offers to put his lens in because he really went, wants to get his dick wet. Yeah, uh, pretty much. This- <laughs> I am willing to hump and accidentally fall asleep with my contact lens in, causing irritation to God knows what in the morning, as long as I get my dick wet. Do you wear contact lenses? Uh, no, no, just just face pains. Okay, so I... Um, I do wear contact lenses, not so much as I used to, I have to say, because my vision... Well, you're growing it, out of them. It's getting it, better? Well, it's one of the... Yes, so I'm short-sighted, um, so, you know, I can't see in the distance. Things appear to be quite blurred. Um, so... Uh, well, to be honest, it's fuck all in the distance worth looking at. It's all misery at the <clears> moment, <throat> isn't it? So you may as well just look at what's close. Yeah, well, that's true. But so anyway, I, I, you know, wore glasses for a long period of time for those. But then, um, you know, I'd lose them or I'd forget where they were or or whatever. Uh, and then so my friends recommended go and get contact lenses. So I did. And it took a while. I mean, you know, you go for they kind of teach you how to put them in at, at the opticians, which is great. But then when you get home, um, putting one in, I think the first time I got one took me about an hour. <laughs> to put one in my eye uh, and then taking them out is even worse but um, anyway I don't want to touch my eye no well it's not as bad uh, once you do it you know you get used to it I guess to a certain degree but then anyway no, so I, having sex with a fucking dog but I imagine you can get used to it <laughs> but anyway the reason why I don't wear them so much anymore is because like I said my eyesight is changing so I'm still short-sighted but I'm also go I'm long-sighted as well now which is awesome um so basically my eyes are fucked <laughs> to you know so it's a point where I so, have so to wear- your eyes are getting worse so you think ah oh, fuck it I'll, I'll I won't wear anything well no I wear my glasses and this is where clonk um <laughs> you've heard it before if i'm if i i mean it's not so bad now because like i said i've typed my notes so i can look at the screen in front of me but yeah. you know i have to sort of before when i've clonked the uh the microphone it's because i keep my glasses on to see the tv but then i take them off to read my notepad um so there you go getting old amazing um but still Again, we're talking about all sorts here, aren't we? We're talking yeah. about uh, we talked about our hair earlier on. Now we're talking about our eyes, um, because that's the theme of the film. Indeed. But there you are. Um, so anyway, uh, he, yes, he desperately wants to have sex. She's not that bothered. Even when he puts his other eye in, she's not that bothered. Um, and then he looks into the garden and sees a zombie woman. Yeah. Or a corpse coming up out the ground. A naked zombie. Just, just sort of looking at him and well burst through the ground and she just <laughs> towards him yeah and it it is a it's a it is a it's not an effect it's like it is a proper person that's just popped out of the, the dirt yeah, i think so it? yeah i'm pretty sure it look, and it you know i think it looks quite good it's effective yeah. anyway because uh, he only has like these more flashes and he has you know, a headache and she's rubbing his temples which yeah. you know gets him off later on um and but anyway uh, then he goes into the garden the next day. She yeah, calls him. Morning. He's all ready. He's all ready to do his investigating. She says breakfast, so he doesn't. Goes and has breakfast. Yes, um, he's eyeing her up because she's got like a dress on, and uh, she bends down, doesn't it? She yeah. and 
she's well, he, he's eyeing her up in like a sexual way, I guess, because the cap, the way the camera pans, yeah, at, that's you I know, it's, it's, it's not the shortest, but it's not you know, it's quite short. You know what sort of job she's got? It's quite short and quite yeah. uh, flappy. Gust of wind, yes. You, you get an eyeful of eyeful of uh, minge candy. Uh, uh, but then she asks him something and he snaps at her like, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's almost like he sounds a bit like a different person. Like he's got a different accent kind yeah. of, um, I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, but then she leaves, uh, he apologizes, uh, or he apologizes, she leaves cause he was, he apologizes to nobody. That would be interesting. Um, but then, yeah, so he, Throws his breakfast into the garbage disposal. Yeah, ungrateful bastard. Yeah, it's like scrambled egg and bacon or something. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm watching it thinking, oh, I could eat some of that right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, then a hand appears out of nowhere. And, you know, it starts spinning round as if the garbage disposal's trying to churn it up. And, yeah. you know, there's blood, you know. Um, and, there, and there isn't anything there, but he's seeing it very vividly, isn't yeah. he? Um, just just starts to have hallucinations, hasn't he? Or something of that ilk, anyway. Yeah, and he puts his hand uh, in the garbage disposal, which can't be safe, I guess. No, but, seems like a stupid idea. Um, and then he just pulls out some scrambled egg. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then he goes into the garden, and he's he's like, he's a man on a mission at this point, isn't he? Because he's working like a maniac. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he's put stakes into the ground. He's wrapping them up with a bit of, like, string uh making a perimeter or something yeah. i don't quite know exactly what he's doing no um, he seems to make two perimeters and then digs in the middle yeah it's almost like he's excavating some kind yeah. of you know like he's an archaeologist or something uh and uh, trying to dig up some raptor bones or something i don't know but then he, he's he's <laughs> digging he's digging a plot uh and again he finds a dead body because he sees yeah. a foot in the ground or does he? he yeah. I mean, he's going hes going slightly mad at this point, isn't he? They're very fresh feet as well. They're not rotten in any way. No. Um, and he runs upstairs, like, freaking out. He looks down into the garden, and uh, they're still there, aren't they? They are for one shot, and then they're not for the next one. Yeah. Um, he's freaking out, and he starts reading the Bible. Um, she comes home, goes upstairs. He's... And then, so this has happened. He's freaking out, like earlier on in the day, yeah. seeing seeing dead bodies, seeing a dead hat, you know, seeing a hand uh, pop up out the garbage disposal. Uh, and but yet, he's still found time to park build the crib. Yes, um, you know, so he's got his priorities right. I guess you know he <clears throat> doesn't want to let his wife down. Um, yeah. Well, that has I taken know. him best part of half a day to only half finish it. So. Yes, he's got. To, he's still got to put the sides on it and. Uh, then he kind of climbs inside the shell of it to put yeah. the sides on. Um, and then he has a flashback where he's... It's sort of looking from the point of view that he's a small child, isn't he? Yeah, and there's um, some woman shouting at him who then stubs a cigarette out on him. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, compared yes. to the second story, took a dark turn, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> uh, Luke Skywalker gets to do his best Luke getting his arm chopped off, wailing in in anguish type thing, and he sort of rolls around a bit yes. on the floor. It's quite funny. Yes, when you know Darth Vader sort of explains that he's his father, and it's that no, yeah. like he's <laughs> dying, you know. Uh, 
uh, but then and so she calls the doctor but he can't be reached um and you know but then he's he's feeling better you know yeah. he kind of he does go through a bit of up and down doesn't he but also when he's feeling better because he's very very horny at yeah, this point he's, he's up for a fucking again <laughs> he, he, you know but she's again not interested yeah. um because you know uh, well, she's I'm not, not gonna... interested but then she is but isn't yeah because she's laid down in bed and she puts her hand on the bible as he slithers up here like some gr- slithers up her body like a gruesome toad he do yes it's not um, very sexy is it it's not because he sort of like starts down by i mean you can imagine like you know there's a bit of uh, minge licking going oh, on you don't want to see mark hamill doing that do you really that's what you sort of, you know, you you led to believe. But he does. He slithers up her like yeah. a like a slug, uh, <laughs> almost. But uh, and then he's he's hammering away. But he's also then having flashbacks about shagging his mom. Is it? Is because is it the woman that he put the cigarette out on I him? I think it might be. Yeah. So yeah, he's humping a corpse. Sort of. Then he's having visions of. Someone stabbing someone with a pair of garden shears. In real life, he's kind of forcing himself on his wife. Yes. It's just unpleasant. And she, eventually it stops. You think, thank God the unpleasantry's ended. She runs away, <laughs> but then you have to see Mark Hamill's backside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but before that, what kind of freaks her out even more than him almost forcing himself on her is um, the fact that he bites her shoulder oh, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she pulls away from him because she's been bitten. Uh, look what you did. Um, and never mind the sort of, I suppose, almost rape <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you see his bare ass, which yeah. I, I never thought I'd ever want to see. I mean, I'm, I'm glad the quality of the YouTube video was quite low because I was actually slightly worried you might have got to see his pecker. Oh, oh dear. Um because he kind of tilts over and it's like, I really hope that's all shadow. I'm hoping there's nothing sticking out of there, but I can't see it because of low definition. That some poor sod out there has seen, you know, the top end of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Yes. Lightsaber. <laughs> well, Twiggy probably did, didn't she? Um, and uh, yeah, she doesn't go topless or anything. She's still got her dress on um at this point so she wasn't prepared to show her ass off uh but mark hamill was apparently um and uh yeah so i mean possibly written into his contract clause or he made sure it was uh can i show my ass off in this he'd seen jean-claude van damme do it thought he's good enough for jv's jvcd is good enough for luke skywalker Yes, there you go. Um, but yeah, then he admits to her that he sees things and he's reading the Bible like a madman. Yeah. Um, she goes over to him and he's raving because he's like, is this the next day kind of thing? I um, don't know. I'm not sure. I think it might be. Um, because then, you know, she says, you've got to call the hospital. you got to... And he he eventually goes, uh, he's waiting in the, the car park for the doctor who did the operation. Uh, he goes over and like confronts him and grabs him by his jacket and, uh, you know, makes him, forces him to tell him where the eye came from. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose it's it's that, um, it's that classic uh, thing, isn't it, that, you know, and it's been done in other films yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> where 
you know the, the soul will live on of of the serial killer that yeah. you know was executed like charles plays a good one isn't it you know yeah and all that kind of stuff um so yeah he, he discovers that the the eye came from somebody who was executed uh yeah. john and randall in a gas, john randall. gas chamber yeah yes uh so he goes to a library i'm guessing you don't know what it is but it's one of those where because pre-internet it's yeah. it's a microfiche microfile yeah. type microfilm type thing uh which i i think is great but uh then he discovers that he was a killer who killed seven women and shagged them after they died yeah uh, he stabbed them with <laughs> shears everything was sexually molested after death uh, they all had blonde hair uh, and mm. he was also abused by his mother yes uh and he called himself the devil um yes. at this point and uh yeah, uh, uh, quite unpleasant, really. Um, and, yeah, so, anyway, he's at home at this point. He's digging in the garden. Uh, she comes home. Uh, she goes out to him, asks what he's doing, and he says that he's digging her grave. Yep. Uh, swings a shovel at her. Calls her a whore. Yeah, he misses, uh, though, because I wrote, ooh, spade to the face. Oh, swing and a miss, because I thought he'd actually caught her, but then he hadn't, because I paused it mid-swing and thought, that looks like a good spade to the face, but he didn't actually hit her. No, which is a shame. Um, then he grab, but he does catch up to her, and he goes into. They're in the house at this point, and he ties her up by her hair. I was wondering because I didn't think her hair was long enough. It didn't so, look long enough. Not to not to go round the table leg and then get no. a good double knot. At most, he's just done a left right. He's just done like the start of tying your shoes up. In which case, yeah. you could just pull away. But uh, no, she stays there. Yeah. Uh, she can't move. She's struggling with it. She's trying to pull a pull it, you know, the, the knot, I guess, uh, out. But and he's just raving at this point, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's well, he's just going off one as John Randall, isn't he? At this point, yeah, yeah, he's sweating and bleeding and mad as a box of frogs. She uh, she picks up the Bible. It says Brent's in the Bible because it was that because his name's in it, or uh, I, I don't know. What is his name? Let me find out. Uh, his you. name is Brent, isn't it? Is it Brent? I just wrote him uh, down as Luke. It is Brent. Yes, Brent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, showing him the Bible, and then he starts having like this internal battle between Brent and John. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Brent wins. And it, but yeah, he calls well. her a whore a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, more flashbacks, um, and then yeah, he kind of, he stabs himself in in his eye where the, yeah. the the transplant eye to death though because i'm pretty sh- i'm pretty sure he's dead right he's, he's dead isn't he at the end yeah you, well, you'd imagine that the knife has gone from into his eye or the shears whatever you know yeah. have gone into his eye and then into his brain at this point but surely if you're worried about the eye you'd just try and just get the eye but instead mm. he's just stabs himself full in the f- well full in the head and in the brain yeah yeah well i'm i guess i'm guessing because it all it was like the good the good part of him because the the evil part has taken over at this point the good part of him is his moment of um you know strength his last moment of strength before the evil takes over is uh you know the only thing he can do is stab himself in the head you know i guess i don't know but yeah but it's quite a good effect because like you know you you see that you see a close of him lying on the floor with blood you know on the floor 
um, and the shears are there and, you know, in his eye. Uh, but then the camera, like, sort of passes over the a passage in the Bible about plucking out his right eye and everything. Yeah. Um, which, again, quite cool. Uh, and, yeah. So what did you think about the final story? What would you rate it as? Right. I'd, <clears throat> I'm only giving it a five. Ooh. Um, best bit of it was... Mark Hamill's acting when he was losing it at the end. I thought he was genuinely good when he was kind of yeah. fighting with himself. I thought there's a really good good work there as he was going mad. Problem is, as soon as he got stabbed in the eye, I thought, are we doing a serial killer's eye scenario? As soon as that happened at the start of it, I thought, oh, he's lost an eye. He's going to get an eye. The eye's going to belong to an evil person. He's going to turn evil. And it turned out to be that. Mm. So, uh, but... Yeah, so yeah, a little bit disappointed in that. There's some good effects in there. Hamill's acting was good, but because I just, like you said, it's a real, it's quite common. It's quite a common trope that yeah, you get something replaced, you get some body part replaced, and it belonged to someone nefarious. Therefore, you'll take on their nefarious traits. Mm. I think it's definitely the darkest of all of them uh, yeah, in terms definitely. of its tone. You know, because like I said, the. The I suppose the child abuse aspect, the rape aspect, you know, or partial rape, whatever you want to call it, um, definitely forces himself on his wife, and 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 then you know it, it, there's more gore and violence and stuff happening. Yeah. Um, it loses points for Hamill's bum as well, to be honest. <laughs> I'm all for gore, arms being pulled off, all that kind of stuff. I don't need to see, don't need to see that. A, too a far, po- man. Too far. Yeah. A point for each cheek taken yeah. away, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it was fine. Um, definitely different in its tone. So, yeah. you know, I suppose at least there's a bit of variety there. Um, but there you go. You go back to John Carpenter. I got my eye on you, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I couldn't resist. So what do you think? Myself, I love stories about our national pastime. Violent death. Ooh. What I don't understand is, why was he so upset about losing his eye? He could have become an umpire. Uh Uh-oh. Better get moving. Ooh, it's freezing here. Night. Oh man, looks like I got it working out for us tonight. Man, you ain't lying. Might as well get started. Another John Doe, huh? Ooh, severe trauma to the abdomen, I'd say. Really? What's your first clue? <laughs> Here, give me that saw. I'm gonna get some coffee, man. Hey, give me some too, buddy. You know, these guys crack me up. You gotta love them. Oop, gotta run.
that good. Look at your liver, buddy. What the hell you been drinking? Formaldehyde? How's it coming? Give me the head saw. Who, um, again, to top off the gag, has got some springy eyes. Um, and he's singing about, you know, I've got my eye on you. Uh, and then, you know, the twist, I guess, with this is that... Um, you know, he hears people coming down the stairs uh, and then he takes off his jacket and you notice that he's actually got a, a wound. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know what it is, whether it's a gunshot or a knife wound or something, but he's got like a, a big load, load of blood in his right side of his torso. Um, and then he put he straps himself into a body bag yeah. uh, and says, nighty night. And Tom Arnold and Toby Hooper come down um, and they're sort of, again, talking inappropriately amongst a lot of corpses. Uh, And um, then he's, as they're talking, he's looking at the camera uh, and Tom Arnold cuts into his chest and uh, John Carpenter makes a crack about, these guys crack me up, you know, just as his chest's spread open. and then he, I think Tom Arnold says something like, "Oh, let's get the head saw or something like that," doesn't he? And yeah. uh, and just as it, that happens, you see again John Carpenter look at the screen and go head saw like mouth it, um, and then sort of like let out a silent scream as the camera swirls away from him above his head, and there you go. Um, so did you see that coming? Did you... I mean, we, we commented at the start of it that he looks a bit like a corpse. Um, yeah, do, do you know what? I, I didn't because I didn't... I didn't really think there'd be, for of a better term, a plot with him. I thought he was just going to be some weird character who just introduces things and then says cheerio at the end. Yeah. Like what the Crypt Keeper does. I wasn't expecting it to have an arc as such. <laughs> an end quite like that. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, quite, a, it's quite a, nice, a nice little thing. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I mean, you've given scores. It was mm-hmm. a six, seven and five. So, yeah. you know, above average, I would say, for the whole thing. But everything in its entirety, what did you think um, with this being your first watch? Not bad at all. Um, ah. it, it's not going to win any awards of any description. I can't say it was brilliant, but... Um, yeah, no, the, the perfectly fine way to spend ninety minutes. To be fair, it wasn't wasn't terrible, wasn't original. Nice seeing some of the actors in there, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, good God, still a damn sight better than a lot of the stuff Carpenter did. You know, from this era onwards. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's fine because that sounds bad, but no, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It, it weren't brilliant it was I wouldn't put it anywhere like in a top 10 of horror films of mine or anything like that but uh, no it's not not left a bad taste in the mouth anyway but there's there, there's some good bits in there some good scares wasn't scary enough for my liking overall but mm. then I'm, I'm not an easy person to scare and that's not like a bravado thing but there's certain things that I find frightening gore generally isn't one of them mm-hmm. that's just a thing so I don't think it was ever going to get me as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, third story I found a bit obvious where it was going, but it had some good acting in it. The second one was bonkers, and I appreciated (laughs) that because it was just mad. 
it was it was strange and weird and repetitive and I, I found the quirkiness of number two my favourite and the first one was good as an opener uh, because it was sort of effective but fairly standard but that's much like I think when we watched Creepshow the first one weren't the best but it's an adequate opener mm-hmm. uh, I don't yeah. think you know if you, you couldn't have had that as number three or number two that had to be the first story I think Mm. yeah i think because i my memories of it were like really enjoying it you know and and then like i said i expect i thought there was more john carpenter for some reason yeah. although that seemed quite shorter the, this time around um there's actually not that much john carpenter in it um but i guess what when he is in it he's fairly memorable um so and then like you i think the stories are generally quite good you know from uh you know average to sixes I would say there's nothing that's totally outstanding in here, but um, there's nothing terrible either. Th- yeah, there's nothing awful, and I think I like all of this. Is why I said at the very beginning, you know, it's got all the ingredients to be really, really good. But I think on reflection, looking at it now, it's just okay. I don't think it's amazing as, m- and you know, when I talked about it like oh, a year ago now, yeah. when we when, and I think my memory of it, and I said to you then, it was, oh yeah, that that's really good. I probably wouldn't be as um, effusive in my praise, shall we say? I, I probably won't be. A, you Wouldn't know, be so w- what now? <laughs> is that is that the right word? Uh, no fucking clue. <laughs> effusive. Fine. Um, you know, I wouldn't be as, um, you know, ready to say somebody, yeah, you got to watch that because it's a great anthology of horror films. Um, here's a question then, and I know it's only because we've done two, but would you say to somebody, if you had a gun to your head, what would you say to somebody you've got to watch, Creepshow or Body Bags? It's, it's hard because I have a preference for Creepshow, but I'd, prob- I'd probably still go for Creepshow. Um when it's bad, it's worse. But I think uh, the look it goes for in replicating a comic in in parts is uh, I, f- I thought was more interesting. And there is five stories in the sort of same amount of time, which is good and bad in both ways because it's it's good because if one shit, it, it's generally gone pretty quickly. Um, but if it and yeah, I'd still probably say Creepshow. It's got Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson on screen at the same time. Yeah. You, you know what? I would probably go the same way because I like the style of it. And I think now we've watched a couple, you know, um, I definitely would say Creepshow is, um, would be more, I would recommend more of it. Because, again, that's got, you know horror people in it you know and it's got the the style and everything like you said ted danson leslie nielsen's a shit bag um fucking stephen king's bonkers um so you know <laughs> yeah. yeah it doesn't start off strong i think it gets a bit better the the middle section of 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 that gets it gets better i think creep show. yes but then yeah. i suppose to say you could say the same about this one because hair's mad yeah oh there you go <laughs> Cool. Well, anyway, I'm glad that we watched it, and yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, so um, yeah, it, it doesn't fit into the, anywhere near the same disappointment that I had with Golden Child or Spaceballs. So. No, no, and it's good that you've watched something different, anyway. So that's cool. Definitely. Uh, there you go. Anyway, what are we going to be watching next time? What have you decided uh, to pick from the big long list well, of forgotten films? We are heading back to the year of Jesus, 
and we are watching a film. Go director first. No, go starring first. Who should we choose? Starring Keith Coogan. No. No. Mason Adams. No. Lou Gossett Jr. Oh, uh, it's not. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, it's not the Punisher, is it? No. Okay, it wouldn't okay. be Iron Eagle because that was late eighties. Um, it's directed by Daniel Petrie Jr. Uh, oh, that sounds familiar, but I can't think why. Uh, I don't know. Um, also starring Will Wheaton. Oh, no. Sean Astin. Uh, oh, Toy Soldiers. Yes. Oh, I've only ever seen that once. Mm, same here. Um, cool. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, I, I was going to ask you why you decided to pick that, but that will be something we'll talk about next time. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that's d- Die Hard for Kids, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much. Die Hard in a school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> brilliant okay awesome all right then well there you go that will be the film that we'll talk about next time um unfortunately we didn't get any twitter correspondence with body bags whether that's because people haven't seen it or because they couldn't be asked to tweet us but generally people do tweet us stuff so um you know maybe it's one of those lesser known sort of films that people haven't watched maybe this will hopefully encourage them to go out and, and check it out yeah um anyway uh go to um 60mw.co.uk for our website which has got everything on it all our podcasts uh, everything that we do all the reviews that we write uh, all the news pieces all everything you know uh, buying stuff through Amazon uh, you know and uh, buying CD key stuff insert coin t-shirts you know some great game, gaming t-shirts um, you know just go there there's there's everything uh, go to contact at 60 minutes with is it still that I think I said this last time, didn't I? <laughs> um, it is, yes, for the email. Dave needs to sort that out still because um, that's confusing. But uh, if you want to send us an email uh, at 60mw.co... No, what is it? M- oh, fuck me, I don't know. Look on Twitter anyway for 60mw. Uh, and then also I'm at Dastardly Jabby and you are at... I'm at Ape Mutterings. And... There you go. I think that's it. Uh, Thanks for listening. We will see you next time to talk about some toy soldiers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor.